think it's a, it's okay to, and this might be an oxymoron, but like you can be content but not satisfied. Like I, I'm content with my life. Like if it if it were to end now, I'm 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 happy. Yeah. But I'm still pushing for more. You know, I still like I still want my family to have things that I want people to experience this. But you're gonna grow. On my first business I tried starting, I tried privatizing a special needs program. Um, I was I've been a volunteer for the special ed program for a long time and it seemed like they were always cutting, always cutting, cutting, cutting. And then an election year would come and they would try to, you know, parade them out. And this community of people were just incredible. Like, these are my friends. Um, and then I found out it needs to be subsidized by the government. You cannot you cannot make a business out of this. Yeah. But I failed at that. You know, I didn't fail, but I just tried something it. and it didn't work. You hit a roadblock. Yeah. And I just kept trying stuff till we found yeah. floating. Yeah. Uh, you're... 28 if you already got all this stuff going on. I really feel like, and we talked about it before, I think before we started, I feel like i got to go back to work and do some <laughs> stuff. Like, it gets me motivated. I used to tell people the, the one thing I missed about having a, a, you working for someone else is when stuff would go wrong, you could be like, okay, what do I do? You know, it's, it's not, you know, I, I missed that, but the truth yeah. is, I, I, you don't want things to go wrong. No. When things do go wrong, I love that it's on me to figure this out. Like, if there's no you know, nobody else is coming to help me. Like, right. I got to figure this out or call somebody that could do it for me. Um, and it's just it's very satisfying when you figure it out. You like doing these podcasts? Yeah, man, it's fun. It's a new experience. Now that you've seen yourself on camera for like 40 hours almost, what have you noticed and what have you changed? Um, let's see. So your question is, what have I changed? Or have you anything? So, um, about my, uh, my performance, I guess. You know, I wouldn't say that it changed that much. Yeah. Um, I try to be more fluent with what I'm saying. I try not to stutter. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to say um. That was as my much. Big thing. First time I saw myself talk, I was like, oh, I say um almost all the time. Day. Such a filler word. So it's okay not to say anything sometimes exactly. and yeah. just collect your thoughts and figure out what you're going to say. But today I have Scott Fournier. Scott Fournier? Mm-hmm. Fournier. And you own or run the Float Institute in Sterling Heights, Michigan? Yes. Yeah. And just a couple miles from my house, you know, I've, I uh, first heard about it a couple of years ago, probably. And uh, although they've been going. Uh, for a long time now, they've uh, and they've been in, in existence for 30 years or so. Yeah, float tanks were invented at least the first form of them in like 1954. So they've been around for for quite a long time. And how did you first hear about them? I heard about it on Joe Rogan's podcast. Okay, you know, listen to his podcast pretty regularly. It's actually what I was listening to on the way over here. Um, and he just talked about it as this really useful tool for human development. Sure. And uh, at the time, I was like, I could definitely use some of that. Yeah. So I found a place uh, that had one tank in Southfield and then, you know, drove 45 minutes to go float and then just fell in love with it. My first float, I just knew this is something I wanted to be a part of. Awesome. And is that place in Southfield still around? What are they? What's that name of the business? Yeah, so they were uh, Neuro Fitness. They've okay. since changed. They've become Inception. And, uh, yeah, they're still around. They've kind of changed what they're doing. They're not just float tanks. They do some pretty cool stuff. They have, like, a magnosphere there and, um, some like neural feedback kind of things. That's pretty neat what they do. We're we're primarily floating. Okay. And uh, what is that magnetosphere? 
I haven't done it. Um, yeah. I'm not even sure on the science of it, but it seems fairly solid. And it's just like magnets basically go around you and okay. change your brain waves. Hmm. Interesting. I'm sure, it has some sort of effects on your brain. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, know enough to to say anything. Yeah. Intelligent about it. Sure. So tell me a little bit about float tanks, what that is, what it's all about, and uh, why you love it so much. Um. So float tanks are basically a perfect bathtub. You know, you float it now, I think maybe like a half dozen times or so. Yeah. Essentially, what you have is about 250 gallons of water, um, heated to the same temperature as your skin, and then about a thousand pounds of medical grade Epsom salt dissolved in the water. And what it does is it changes it so you float on top of the water. About 95% of gravity is basically negated at that point. And then while you're in there, uh, if you choose, there's no light and no sound. So it's basically an hour of just no sensory input coming in at all. And the health benefits are pretty pretty wide-ranging and pretty, uh, I think, pretty pretty neat. And then just for me personally, um, I started the company because really I was trying to, just wanted to float for free every day. <laughs> um, and then somehow I ended up, I was trying to find the cheapest way to do that. Yeah. Somehow I ended up spending like a quarter million dollars building this business up. Um, and how many tanks do you have in your business now? So we start out two. Um, we are in the process of finishing up our fourth tank right now. Okay, so expanding a little bit. Yep, expanding. We're also adding, uh, almost done with a, a uh, infrared sauna as well. Okay. And then we do have a yoga studio in the back as well. Updog Yoga rents that space out for me, so it's a second location for them. And we do a little bit of strength training as well. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, we try to do the whole mind-body kind of thing there. Yeah, and I've actually done one of the meditation sessions at... Oh, with Chuck, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I did that maybe a few months ago before all the COVID yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. happened. So what, how has that impacted your business? Well, it shut it down for a while, you know, like many businesses here in Michigan. Um, so that was rough. Uh, I was very fortunate. We were able to say we're busy. We, we got this third tank in, or fourth tank in, and then the sauna um, was kind of kind of fell in our laps. Uh, so we were shut down, um, back up. We're back to pretty close to the numbers we were pre-COVID. Uh, my brother and I, he's my business partner, we both married women smarter than us, so <laughs> they kind of had a good handle on this. So yeah. we, we came, we're coming out of it um, in a lot better shape than a lot of other businesses are. Well, that's good. You know, some businesses can't have any capacity, or uh, the rules are changing by the minute. Yeah. And then I, I don't, I don't know if it was Photoshop. It's probably real, but there was. I saw Gretchen Whitmer at some state thing, a photo with her not wearing a mask. You know, talking to all these people. So it's like, is there a hypocrisy here? You know, the controversy. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. I, I got a guy that he brings like food and stuff in for the shop, and he says he's seen, and he goes to Traverse City to the west side of the state. He's seen one to three businesses a day shut down, just wow. closing their doors and, and not reopen. Yeah, maybe so it's uh. It's scary. I mean, yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, float tanks are pretty interesting. I've done them, I think, six to ten times. I've also gone to Inception a couple times. Oh, you've been there? Yep, I've been there. What did you think of it? I think it was a great facility. Yeah. Uh, just, just different, you yeah. know. Um, they have a, you know, modern-esque feel I, to I like it. the front of the building, too. It yeah. Cool. Um, and I'm sure it's in a great area. I mean, Sterling Heights is good, too, and um, it's more middle class um, mm. as well, so... They both have uh, good features about their location, um, but I've actually bought one for my mom, and she's gone, and she enjoyed it so much, she bought me one. Oh, excellent. So we kind of exchanged back and forth. So I think they're beneficial. I was talking, trying to explain it to a guy at work today, but um, 
I'm sure your words are a little bit better than mine. I don't even know if, if that's <laughs> true. You know, my whole job is explaining what floating is, and then you get somebody in the tank, and they're like, I I had no idea it was going to be like that. It's so it's such a hard thing to describe. Yeah. There's really nothing else like it on the planet. I mean, being out in outer space, except not cold, is kind of how some people describe it. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, you can't even describe it until you do it. Yeah. Um, and how often uh, do you do do you float? So, once a week is non-negotiable for me. I have a, a four-month-old and a two-year-old and a twelve-year-old, so my wife does not let me get up as much as I would like to. Um, She's very understanding. <laughs> but uh, so once a week is kind of non-negotiable. I think to really see the benefits, um, once a week you got to go. If I can get in more, I definitely do. Okay. I think I'm on, I've been doing it at least once a quarter now for yeah. the past year or so. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to do it more often, but I'm just a little a little busy right now. Yeah. No, I, I, get, um, I, I spend most of my life 10 feet from a float tank, and <laughs> I have trouble getting in them sometimes. Yeah. It is... It's one of those things where it's great for a reset, too, if you just need some time by yourself or time to think. Um, it's nice. But some of the health benefits for, like, lowering blood pressure, cortisol level control, that kind of thing, you need to do it consistently. Right. To see those lasting improvements. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a maintenance mm -hmm. every yeah. once in a while. Um, and what is what is the cost like for, for a first-timer? So... Uh, we, well, you have a code where you can get your first float for $35. Yep. Our that code is, uh, I think it's Eric S 35 Yep. Yeah. So you can use that, and you'll get a get $40 off a 60-minute float, mm -hmm. which sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's a good price. It, I like those prices, too. Um, one of the reasons I started this company is I wanted to float more, and $75 for a float was a little too expensive. Yeah. I, I got my own place, and then I made the float $75 right away. So I'm like, I'm kind of a douchebag. <laughs> That's not the yeah. thing to do. So our, our regular price is $75 um, at the moment, but we're always running specials. Yeah. And I, I really think I'm probably going to keep them at that lower price point, like the $40 per float type float. Um, that way it doesn't feel like a luxury. It's something you can do to make part of your, your monthly or weekly routine. Yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. You'll probably have more frequent people who use yeah, it. Yeah, I, that's I what say. I want. And when you have all four tanks up and running, how many sessions can you do a day? So I can do seven per tank. Okay. So 28 total. Okay. Would you ever consider extending those hours? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, do a 24-hour like a laundromat, you know? Well, I would love to. Um, there's a place in Portland that does something similar to that. They, yeah. they have their numbers drop off at night. And sure. Portland's a, a much different place than Sterling Heights is. Yeah. We're definitely a working class town. We don't have a nightlife so much. No, no. Yeah. So I w if it if it were there, I think what probably will happen is we'll expand into new areas. Okay. Yeah, m new locations? Yeah. yeah. And uh, what are some of the locations you've been thinking of? Well, I mean, Rochester and Troy are, are nice areas. So local. Yeah. 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 I mean, we... You're not talking like o Oregon or something. Not, not yet. No, I, this is a company that I would like to see. You know, I have some pretty, pretty big goals with it. Um, that being said, we need to make sure we get everything right. You know, now. Yeah. Um, even, even in the three years we've been open, I'm constantly changing stuff. I'm always trying to like tinker to what's the perfect way for somebody to float. You know, we had, yeah. we had other options before where you had different kind of earplugs you could try, and I really try to just narrow it down to, like, we've taken all the guesswork out of everything for you, yeah. you know, from the soap and conditioner to the towels we use to the earplugs. Like, your, from the time you walk in to the time you leave, it's all been thought of already. So uh, 
We're not quite there yet. I mean, <laughs> still, it'll yeah. get better. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you hear um, Walmart, the owner of Walmart, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Walton. Yeah. yeah. I read some of his work on what he did, and he would just get on his hands and knees and measure the distance of different aisles to find out what's yeah. the perfect distance that everything should be. So to have that... Um, that obsession, so to speak, with it is important yeah. for your customers. So it's, that's a good thing to hear. And are you a earplugs all the time kind of person? Um, What's your thought on that? <laughs> so when I'm floating, I'm generally there by myself. So I don't like to use earplugs that often. The, the water doesn't bother me. I grew up in the water. Um, that being said, our soundproofing is, is very good. Uh, but those earplugs are just one more barrier to keep that sound out of there. Yeah. Um, you, you, Really can't hear anything except when the air conditioner will kick on. You okay. can hear that. So I'm going to say it's best to use earplugs, but I don't always. Yeah. Because uh, I was a swimmer for a while, but I don't swim anymore. Uh-huh. And one of the times when I, I floated, I got uh, you know salt water in my ear and I uh, felt like it was like I could hear it for, for days. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I had to use some of those alcohol drops to get it out. But I would recommend the earplugs just because you don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Just one less thing. Uh, that could make your float not as good. Yeah. The, the only thing it can change is the way you hear your heartbeat and breathing. Yeah. You know, I like to hear my breath in the float tank. Um, when you have those earplugs in, it's just one more thing you can't hear. But we, we do provide drops for your ears in case you do get salt water in your ears. Okay. Um, but, yeah, we, we say earplugs. Yeah. And now and now you even have the showers with the, the lights in them and all that. It's like mood, mood lighting. Yeah, so our showers, we used to get complaints all the time about our showers being too cold. So I bought these shower heads that change colors. Like blue is cold, pink <laughs> is warm, and red's hot. And uh, blinking red, you burn yourself. Yeah. Just, just don't go <laughs> Scalding. In. Yeah. Um, nothing else changed, and now we get no complaints about temperature. Okay, because it's obvious. You can see it. Right, right. So I, it's weird, but... Um, yeah, I like those those showers. It's pretty good, and um, that's so. So, what do you like most about the business when you come in? Are you are you uh, going right to the computer and uh, like processing orders? Like, what's your what's your day look like? I guess when you walk in, that's the right way to say that. When I walk in, I'm typically the first person there. Um, generally, I'm there. I try to get there about six o'clock because I like to exercise before, and I got this strength room. Yeah. I can. You know, train a little bit, so I work out for about an hour. Got a gym at work. Gym, shower, <laughs> I got the whole thing, so it's it's nice. Um, so I'll train for a little while, and then I'll just go through the rooms, you know, run the filters, make sure everything's all right. Uh, salt is one of those things where you think it's gone, and then an hour later, there's just salt everywhere. Yeah. So make sure the salt's all, all wiped down, um, and then just kind of like schedule for the day and, and get ready to go. Okay, very cool. Um, yeah, I just. Uh, it's so interesting learning about different businesses because mm-hmm. when I <clears throat> usually when I'm coming home I you know print off orders and then ship them or talk to the vendors and I'm usually just trying to get inventory online yeah. that's my big thing because um, actually right now I have nine dropship vendors um, major companies have uh, agreed to work with me there's yeah. a lot of them who won't because I don't have a storefront mm-hmm. you know I don't have uh, they, some of them want 90 or 80 percent of your business to be certain product lines. Okay. I, I don't have that yet. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of barriers. So the ones that I that I do have, I'm very grateful for and uh, willing to do the work to to get it all online. Well, I mean, what you're what you've done and what you're doing, I, I just I love. Like I was telling you before we started this, 
watching or talking to people like you just makes me feel like a piece of lazy <laughs> crap. It gets me motivated to go do more stuff. Like, what yeah. can I go do at the studio? Seeing how you've you know sold stuff that was just yours to get your rating up and, and prove that you can do it. Yeah. And then what you've been able to accomplish now, uh, there's no doubt you're gonna be able to continue that. Yeah, it's it's really cool, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I got I got a full time worker in India right now. Yeah. I have uh, two part time assistants in Michigan. They're all remote, yeah. so they just making listings. Um, you know, I'm getting access to these products, millions of dollars of inventory um, throughout these different warehouses throughout the country. Yeah, that's incredible. And uh, we've worked out deals where I don't have to pay for the item until it sells. Yeah. So it's like I don't have to pay for a dollar worth of inventory. That's my model. Pay for zero dollars worth of inventory and just worry about your operating expenses, keeping those as low as possible. Because I don't even have a storefront. I don't yeah. have rent, really. Yeah. I mean, I do because it, the business is out of uh, a location that I'd pay rent out of, yeah. so I can yeah. claim part of that. But um, So COVID, I mean, minus sales dropping, really didn't have a big impact on it, did it? Well, so in June, I had the most number of sales I've ever had. Oh, wow. But they were all low-dollar stuff. I sell a lot of low-dollar mm. stuff because that's what I started with. I'm trying to transition to the new stuff yeah. um, from the vendors. Uh, but I did see an uptick in sales for sure. Yeah. But the dollar amount was not incredible. So um, so it changed. And then the last two months <coughs> weren't so great. Because uh, people are, are not really spending uh, thousands of dollars on race parts right now. They don't have to. I mean, some people still are. And that's, and that's good. Um, we're just getting M4 performance exhaust online, and those are great priced items. Yeah. I just sold a couple of those. Well, you probably have a season, too, right? There's a yeah, and we're at the tail end of the season yeah. right now. Yeah. But, you know, I just sold one to Germany. So there's always people all around the world who are looking at this yeah. stuff. See, that I, people, they, they trash, like, the world as it is today. But I, I feel like we live in the best time ever. I mean, you, oh, if you man. You have a goal or a plan, or and you can do and be anything. It's it's um, you gotta work hard, you gotta have yeah. a plan, but there's really nothing stopping anybody for the most part. Yeah, it's, ourselves. it seems. Uh, I wish it would happen a lot faster. That's yeah. my biggest frustration. Yeah. Is I'm trying to be really patient with this business, um, and I started with a, a group of stuff that wasn't high dollar. So you're not gonna make millions of dollars off mm -hmm. of it. So I laid the groundwork. You know, I have a. I don't even know how long, 50-page manual, let's say, yeah. that describes everything from start to finish, how to list and sell a product on eBay, Amazon, Etsy, Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, whatever, all of them. Um, and so the idea is to get this manual bulletproof yeah. so that everything that you ever need is in this manual, and I'm now out of the equation. Mm -hmm. You don't have to ask me anything. And now I have this guy in India, I have two remote workers, and we email each other back and forth all the time because yeah. it's not perfect yet. But, you know, it's getting better all the time. And yeah. I have a, a hundred emails back and forth of good information that's now written out in step-by-step -step how-tos yeah. that needs to need to copy and paste and put in the right spots. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so, the way to go. So, and also, one, one thing I've, I've thought about from doing this manual is, man, I could sell this. As, this is how to sell stuff on eBay insert products here and right now that's that's huge people, yeah people can make a really good living because doing it. it it took me a long time and i'm still developing that like five years i've been developing this manual yeah. and 
it would it would get the leg up on someone else in a big way. Well, I would definitely pay money for it. And what you're doing too is so smart. I I that's creating a real business. You know, something that you don't have to be there to run it. Right. You know, right now, I remember when we first made a hire, I was getting phone calls like. 10, 5, 15, 20 times a day, like, what about this, what about this? And I'd be like, listen, oh, yeah. I'll, you do what you think is best for the customer. You know, it's not your money. If it costs, if you got to give them free flow or give them refund, that's fine. If, if I don't agree with it, then we'll talk about it. But it's not. Just make sure you're doing right by that person. And all of a sudden, the phone calls drop. Right. And people were really happy. But um, even as we continue, the business, like, either myself or my brother have such a impact on it if we were to disappear it just falls apart you know it, it run for a little bit but that's not really what you want it to be like i, I want to be able to step away sure it feels good to me that oh this place would fall apart without me but also i want it to run perfectly without me yeah and, and the goal is to get there it doesn't happen overnight no it's um, just really slow <laughs> yeah it is and there's mistakes that are going to happen and uh there's a quote that says something like you have to in order to to make the big good things happen you have to let the small bad things happen sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that might be, well, maybe a customer gets pissed off one time, and that's not good, but you maybe accomplish this bigger thing um, somehow. So um, you have to get away the, the bad with the good and all yeah. that. And, I, you know, I, I'm kind of in a service-type industry, too. So for me, it's like don't let that customer or guest leave upset. You know, do whatever you can. And whether that's, hey, come back and bring your whole family in for a float, you know, which has never had it happen. People yeah. generally, they're pretty good. But I'd rather have it cost me some money. Because in, in long term, I know it's better for everybody. It's better yeah. for the business. It's better for these people. Sure. Um, what you're doing, I think, is a little different because you're selling stuff. You sell the wrong thing. Like, yeah, you get angry customers cost, or... Um, Heaven forbid you ship something to the wrong place. You know that's yeah. that's not good. Yeah. It happens. I mean, lost. human people are human. Or a label gets put on the wrong package. Uh, yeah. it, it's possible, but uh, you should have your systems in place so that it doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, there's. Uh, I just had a shirt, a blouse, or something returned, and she said the stitching was off. Like, I I still don't see a problem with it, but she didn't like it, and yeah. it's it's a hundred percent return policy. You know, I will take everything back within the the time restriction, yeah. thirty days. So, so I mean, it was only ten dollars. I didn't really care anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to happy to make her happy. Yeah, and I think doing right by your customers, long term, is just the way to go. I mean, you might miss out on a few short term dollars here and there, yeah. but. Long term, you know your reputation, like who you are as a business and a company and as a person. Oh yeah, that that means a lot more, I think. I don't even want those one neutral or negative feedbacks on eBay. I, it, the one blip, I have two blips on there, and I think it was shipping errors. Um, it was like the carrier was delayed or something, and yeah. it arrived late. I'm like, well, I'm sorry, but I don't have control over that. But how hard is it to not take that personally? Like the first oh, time you get first, like, oh, that hurts so bad. At first, when I get like uh, an irritated customer that didn't like something that they got, I was like, well, I take usually right here. I have a, a an eight foot table, mm-hmm. and I put up this white this white vinyl backdrop right here, and I take the pictures, and I use the great lighting that I have. And so they, they get the item and they say, this isn't what I ordered or something. something. Yeah. I said, well, look at the pictures. This is exactly, yeah. on, on my listings, I say, if it's used, I don't always take the, we have 3,000 items for sale. Wow. You can't meticulously pick at every single thing and, and describe in paragraphs what's wrong with yeah. everything. 
or what the details are. So I just say, look at the pictures. We take great pictures. Yeah. If you have a question, send us a message. So I always just point to that because I put that on there three different times. Just yeah. look at the pictures. This is what you're, this is the exact item you're getting. So and I'm, I don't want to deceive anybody. I'm always trying to show all of the details because mm -hmm. I want you to know what you're getting. Yeah. Some people just don't read the listing or they don't look at the pictures. Yeah, so that happens a lot. Too. What are you supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just part of it. Then it's just a, it's cost of business if if they don't like it. But I so sell used tires. You know, uh, used they call them takeoff tires. So these are tires that people have rode on the racetrack for a day or two or a weekend or you know a couple of weekends here and there, and uh, sometimes a race, and they're done with them. Yeah. I mean, they can still be used. They got tons of tread on all of them. You could use these tires on the street or the track for track days for another year or two, depending on your riding yeah. speed. Yeah. If you're a really fast guy, you might go through them faster. Yeah. But a new a new track guy might use a set of tires a season, whereas a pro guy might use nine rears and and uh, twelve fronts or something like that in a weekend, in, in a, a weekend? in a race weekend. Now you you were pro, right? For so I achieved my pro license, okay. but I never raced pro, okay. unfortunately. How fast would you go on those things? Though? So people always ask what your top speed is. Uh, maybe 160s. I was on a 600, yeah. so they're about 150s, 160s. Um, the the 1000s or the the top ones go about 212. The ones you buy out of, off the showroom are maybe 180s, 190s. The one thousands. Yeah. Do you just feel the whole time like I could die at any second? <laughs> like this is where my life is over. I mean, so yeah, you have to be careful. You have to respect it. Yeah. Um, it's something that can definitely hurt you and does if you treat it wrong yeah. or if you do something wrong. Yeah. I well, you, Aaron, we were talking about um, off camera before the start too. We both know and he's a professional racer. And I was talking to him about getting a bike. Is just, he pro now? I think I thought he was. I Maybe mean, I'm just stating he's a he's a expert coach yeah and uh, he's an expert racer i don't know if he's raced uh, at the pro level okay. not to discount him at all yeah, I can, i'm wrong all the time so <laughs> it, it could very if well he is i would i didn't know that but yeah. uh yeah he's he's a great coach he's an expert rider yeah i know he's out on the track a lot too and this, yeah. this is over the course of 20 years you know yeah um but i was talking about getting a bike and i said i just want a small little one not crazy fast he's like no you get a fast one because you want to be able to get away from people like <laughs> somebody's coming up behind you and they're not paying attention you want to be able to just book it sure yeah maybe i just won't get one at all then <laughs> i can't i don't want to die yeah. i love them they look awesome i mean a, a 600 or a 400 would be a great place to start yeah that's what i was talking about like 400 yeah no go bigger i don't know i mean it'd be an entry-level bike if you've never rode before mm -hmm. i would go with the 400 i've talked about it on, on this before with yeah. the getting with the 400 and you use less tires because it's not as powerful like with the 600 i was using about two rears and a front a weekend um and it, i would have liked to change it more often because they just i was doing six six or seven races a weekend and practice and you know all that stuff so yeah. It, uh, you want to have the freshest tires because you're you're trying to go as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah. But when you fall, I mean, those things are super thick too. They're, yeah. Not they help a lot. And so, uh, almost every single time I crashed, I was fine. Yeah. I, almost. One time, uh, I hit uh, a barrier. I hit the pit wall at about 130 miles an hour. Uh, what did you break? Uh, everything. Yeah. I broke seven bones. Uh, hospital for about two weeks um, and so 
I've become, and I was before, uh, just a huge advocate for track safety. Yeah. I mean, it's really difficult to redesign the entire track. That's not realistic, maybe. But the new tracks, I think, should have certain requirements. Yeah. Um, or this track, they they didn't have any hay bales or air fences or tire. It was just a, a guardrail. Yeah. And so there could have been something there in front of it. They they do have these big air fences, but they're very expensive but they save people's lives. Like mm -hmm. buying that air fence would have been cheaper than the $63,000 medical bill or whatever it was. Wow. I think it was more than that. Yeah. Um, you know, being uh, physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, because uh, I had a concussion, wow. collapsed lung. Um, sure it's nasty. Floated. Um, floating is incredible for concussions. Is uh, it? Uh, yeah, actually. So Aaron is the guy who gave this gentleman a concussion. Um, he, because uh, Aaron teaches, you know, mixed martial arts and self-defense. And he um, has his own studio, yeah, right? Yeah, Tracy's on, uh, down in Clinton Township. Okay. Great school. I mean, they are incredible. Um, but sometimes when you're, the bad part about fight, you know, practicing fighting is you're practicing fighting and sometimes you get hurt. A uh, guy that, one of my friends got a concussion and he, it was so bad, he would wear sunglasses at night. I mean, bad headaches, couldn't, could barely remember his name. Um, he's a friend of mine, so I'm like, just come float every day. You get knocked out? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he lost consciousness. He very bad concussion. Um, but we had him floating every day, and over the course of a month, he just was back to his normal, normal self. His um, his doctor was like, what are you doing yeah. for this? Wow. He was just floating. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty neat to watch. It sure. probably, I would say, gives your brain some sort of time to sit and reflect and compose itself yeah. without extra external stimulation. Exactly. Well, that, that's, that was the original idea is um, John Lilly, the doctor who came up with it, he thought that between 75 to 85% of what your brain is doing at any given time is just taking in information. So even like when I'm sitting here, there's pressure on my arm. You're just feeling everything. Right. Yeah. And your brain has to choose to ignore a lot of that. So what would happen if your brain didn't have anything coming in? The health benefits, like I said, you know, were pretty pretty wide ranging. So, uh, do you have a monkey mind? I would say that I have a drunk monkey mind. <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, all over the place. Yeah. Um, floating helps that, but I'm still pretty. It, mine's pretty far out there. You know, they've done studies where they had people who had never meditated before put them in a tank for 60 to 90 minutes, and then using fMRIs and EEGs that showed their brains looked identical to people who have been meditating like five-plus years. Oh, wow. The, it, right. The effects didn't last for a real long time, but um, while I'm in there, I don't have a monkey mind, but I just tend to be like a either go, 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 or I'm asleep. Yeah. There's not a lot of in-between. Sure. And uh, so when you're in there, you're just trying to focus on your breath or your heart heartbeat or... Yeah, there's different meditations. Um... Breath is pretty much what I like to do, different breathing types. But that, I think that's your pretty basic, basic meditation. Um, mm -hmm. That's what we kind of tell people, and, and that's what I like to use. Okay. Yeah. And uh, when I was in there last time, they played the the most calming song in the yeah. world yeah. Some, by some study. Yeah. So scientifically, that is the most relaxing song there is. I, I. Uh, I mean, I joked before, I didn't really, I don't know how they come up with that, uh, but popular science seems pretty reasonable, but they were used the same thing, they used uh, MRIs and EEGs, and they showed kind of what it does to your brain, and yeah. it actually relaxes your brain. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I think it has to do with the heartbeat, um, 
pulse to it mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. I feel like it probably slows down your heart rate by just listening to that that beat. That and it changes the the brain waves. Okay. Um, so like alpha, beta, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So the the float tanks tend to put you in a theta wave brain state, which is kind of that state like right before you wake up or right before you fall asleep, where you're not fully conscious yet, you're not fully awake, but you are still there. Um, and that song kind of helps with that. Okay. That's awesome. Um, is there anything you wanted to talk about today? Um, no, I don't, I don't, I mean, just floating in general, it's kind of, never really did a podcast, but it's the second kind of podcast I've done, so it's all pretty new to me. Yeah. Um, the first one was pretty fun, and I looked at your website, and it, I just, I love it, I think it's so cool. Yeah, um, man. Everything you sell is, like I said, like, fine art to, <laughs> I saw, um, a Power Ranger thing from, like, 1996, like, this is, this is awesome, this guy who is doing something, you know, you, yeah. and, like, as you told me, it's to get to what you want to be. Like, you'll sell every, anything to get to the stuff that you want to sell. And right. That kind of stuff just uh, gets me pumped. Yeah, man. Motivated. So so I don't know if I said it before on here, but um, I started with everything that I had. I started with old T-shirts and mm-hmm. pants and jeans and shoes and uh, my old video games and game consoles. Like, I went through every single drawer and box in the attic and everything that I owned several times like do I want to keep this I could probably sell it yeah. and so I've become a minimalist um, in part I had a, a grandma who was a hoarder and so we would always clean out her house every summer or two yeah. um, and it would get kind of ridiculous so I'd never wanted to be that way so I'd always like have a minimal mindset and that also helped me get rid of the things that like on the fence with I kind of like this still but this could be 40 bucks or, yeah. you know whatever so, uh, so I did that. I really didn't do a ton of garage sales. I did a few where I got a couple hundred records and like one deal for five dollars, mm-hmm. like vinyl records. And so I did some of that. My parents were trying to clean out their basement, so they gave me some stuff. You know, yeah. some of it is uh, my friends and and cousins and family and relatives for on consignment. Mm-hmm. So like my cousin had. Uh, some musical instruments, a trombone, some electric guitars, a, a bass guitar, some fairly expensive items, you know, things like that. And uh, I do consignment, so if somebody has anything over $50, um, I can take it and sell it for you. Yeah. I'm trying to be a little bit more selective right now because I have access to 20,000 unique products through my vendors, yeah. and I have about 2,000 of them listed right now online. Well, and you have to change, too, as you go. Like, I, I just love the idea of you want to be here with, with the motorcycles and you know, selling the stuff that you love, that yeah. you know about. But in order to get there, you have to do this thing. So, yeah. But by doing this thing, you become an expert at what you were doing, you know, selling these parts, too. It's just, I, you know, when I see people stop or, like, I can't do it or that, like, you, again, you can do anything. Yeah, well, I, I felt like I hit a wall with, with racing because mm-hmm. I was doing great. I had a bad crash. Um, I had just gotten my pro license that year, a few months earlier, and that was yeah. the first race of the season. I was on a new bike, and I just I ran out of money. Um, and the sponsors that I have were great, and thank you so much, but it wasn't enough for, yeah. to fund everything. Yeah. Um, it's an extremely expensive sport, and I had contacted thousands of businesses, and I just wasn't going anywhere. So it's like instead of just banging my head against the wall, let's try something different here. You know, I felt yeah. like I went as far as I could, or I didn't have the right contacts, or you can blame it on the economy or whatever, but uh, it wasn't happening for me. So, And there's so many other people who can't get deals. So 
I'm like, well, let's try to, instead of go after the sponsorship route, let's try to build a business to fund it myself. Yeah. So I was willing to sell all the, the stuff to learn how to do it before I go out to the companies and look like a fool. Yeah. You know, they're going to say, why would we let you sell for us? You're doing it out of your house, and you have no reputation as a, as a salesman or a seller online. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I thought, I think maybe I could have jumped to vendors sooner, and I, and I waited lo- too long. Yeah. But I'm here now, so... I didn't even, I wasn't even sure if I should bring it up, because I was like, I don't want to, I don't know if that's going to be, like, belittle no, or no. something. No, no. Because um, you're selling everything, I th- I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I called my wife over, I'm like, look look at this, it's got anything you want, <laughs> you can buy anything. Like, yeah. you want find it. Well, that's my idea. I don't want to have a slow season. Yeah. So I want to have motorsports and power sports and racing related stuff, yeah. car parts, motorcycle, mountain bike, and also electronics, snow sports. Yeah. Like, why not? As it doesn't matter. No one cares on eBay or Amazon or any of those marketplaces. No one cares what your username is if you're selling the product. Yeah. As long as you have a decent uh, feedback score, I'm like 99.4% positive right now. That's with awesome. With 820-some feedbacks. Yeah. You know, that's great. No one cares I'm Eric Swan Racing if I'm selling a snow glove. Yeah. That, do you think that eventually you will have to almost separate those two businesses then? Cause I don't think deal, so. To deal with the big boys on the racing side? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, you can buy... Any domain name you want, have it just reroute to your website. Yeah, yeah. That is a nice thing about it. So you can have, like, snowsports.com and just have it reroute to you. I don't even know that you need to do that because I thought about that for a while. Um, Should I rebrand? But you're going to have – you know how much work it is to brand for one brand or market for one brand? Why would you want to – I'm not an agency right now. I'm one guy, and I think just doing it under one label is, is way better at this point than ha- trying to have separate names. Yeah. I was just wondering so, if maybe as you expand, would you have to, like, this is the motorcycle division, this is our, you know, get you anything you want division. Yeah. Um, do you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is? I do. I, f- I follow him a little bit. Yeah. I, I it, it kind of, The website kind of reminded me of him, and he talks about, like, he'll go garage sailing. This guy's a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> and he wants to buy the New York Jets. And his rich friends, like Mark Zuckerberg and, and stuff, yeah. Elon Musk, like, what are you doing? And he's like, fuck you. I, I like doing this, and I want to do this, and this is how I got so good at doing what I do now. And also, if if everything tanks, I can still go make a living doing this. Right. But you you kind of developed a skill. I'm a little jealous, to be honest with you. I I've become a uh, like water chemistry. I understand, and, and some plumbing and stuff. I understand, <laughs> but essentially what I do is you know I know the human body and how to put people in saltwater baths yeah. that are amazing, but I couldn't sell. Well. Like that. So I worked for, I think you could do that. I just have some background experience. I worked for a couple, I worked for a motorcycle racing parts company yeah. um, for a couple of years. And I did their orders. I did order processing and I did sales for a while. I did returns and worked with the products. I did product reviews and I did mm. videos with them um, that are still up there. And I, then I worked for basically like a really great junkyard that yeah. they just, they, they stripped down the cars, and they sold them on eBay. So they're just selling parts. Okay. And so it's basically the same thing for this this motorcycle parts company, all new products. Yeah. And this other one was selling all used products. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm selling all used products and new products. Yeah. So, like, I'm just looking at how can I get free inventory. 
Yeah, no, that's, that's incredible. And so consignment is another way to do that. So I've sold cars that way. Um, Wait, you sold cars on your website? I've sold cars, scooters, <laughs> motorcycles, um, SUV. Yeah, your website's awesome. Like I, I, I thought, incredible. One, of, one of my ideas is, uh, you see all these cars on the side of the road that mm-hmm. just have a for sale sign? Yeah. Do you think they're advertising on eBay or on no. Craigslist? Probably not. Or Facebook even, yeah. or anywhere. So what if you went out to those people and said, I'd like to sell your car for you, and I'd like to just commission. You know, I'll sell it in a week or two, or yeah. whatever the time frame is, yeah. and you give me you know, 10% or whatever. That's a, uh, that's a good idea. It's, it seems like maybe a lot of legwork, too. Yeah, it's, it. but it's free inventory. Yeah. If you're looking for something to do, there's an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. You know? So when you were doing these other jobs, did you feel like they were dead-end jobs and it just turned out they gave you all the training you needed to do what you're doing now? Or did you kind of know, like, oh, this I'm using this because I want to do something else? I definitely knew working a normal job isn't for me long-term. Yeah. Uh, I want control in some aspect, but I want um, I just want to have the ability to, to implement different things mm-hmm. and not have a bureaucracy that you yeah. can't change a piece of paper without 17 people looking at it, yeah. you know. And But my big thing is you can't race and do all this without a lot of money. And I'm not going to make that money, unfortunately, with jobs that I have. Yeah. So uh, I need to do something different. So I, when I was working at the motorcycle company, um, I would have loved to, to retire there. Yeah. You know, it would have been a great place to be there and make – but it wasn't making enough money, mm-hmm. and it just didn't work out. Um, and then the other place, I mean, I never did a listing process there. So I never learned how to list a product yeah. when I worked at any either of those places. Uh-huh. So I had to learn all of that on my own separately, which, I mean, I'd, when I was seeing the sales numbers, it's like, man, what if I could have a small percentage of what these guys are doing? And they were y- younger companies, too, um, 10 years and seven or so yeah older now but um, not that old and selling a, a million dollars or a couple million dollars a year it's like wow uh, yeah. there's there's no no reason I couldn't do that that's what I think how exciting is that too when it's you, awesome when you start seeing numbers like that you're like oh I I can do this too like this I don't know different than these people that are doing it yeah it's uh it's exciting I think um, I think the motorcycle racing gave me a lot of confidence and, yeah. and see it let me see real professional people in the same race as me sometimes mm-hmm. and see what their level is and, wow, they're so much farther ahead or, wow, I, I'm kind of right there. Mm-hmm. And so to see that confidence, to see that gives you a lot of confidence and it makes makes you realize that these are just normal people. They have quirks. They're kind of weird. You yeah. know, they might be... Uh, whatever the situation is, but it's like these, there's nothing special. There's nothing special about these people. They've just done something and been really focused at at something. Well, so let me ask you, I don't mean to like interview you you here either, but you said you you didn't want to have like a bureaucracy where you even change in a paper, you need 15 pages to go over this. As you grow, you you have have this book that basically can sell anything or teach you how to sell on eBay and stuff. As you grow and expand and you step away, how do you stop your company from becoming that? Well, so I think I've learned or gotten a lot of my ideas from Tim Ferriss and, mm-hmm. and business yeah. and automation. 
the four-hour work week was really good one yeah, for me. Yeah. I'd recommend. Um, but I think just like what you're doing with the phone calls all the time and it's slowed down, you can say, I want you to fix any problem under $100 without talking to me. Yeah. You know, just fix it, make it right. We'll discuss it at the end of the month. You know, we'll do like a quarterly review or, mm. you know, every so often. And so one thing that I really want to do is implement, uh, this is down the road, I'm not there yet, but eventually implement, I'm going to be gone for a week this week and it's just going to run without me um, and my phone is going to be off, you yeah. know, just figure it out. And I've already done that when I've gone on vacation. I mean, sometimes you have to answer a phone call or like yeah. something, but um, for the most part, it's already there. It's just I need more sales to be able to fund somebody doing doing that full time. So you need to make enough money so you can step away. Right. So is that because of that that book that you have, or I mean, the training that you do? So the automation, you mean? Yeah. Like so I, the goal is to to fund racing. Mm -hmm. So I have to be able to step away from it. And just imagine when this is full up and running, I have someone shipping orders for me, um, maybe acting as a manager and, and kind of directing the VAs, the virtual assistants, yeah. on what to do. Um, there's really no need for me anymore. It's just finding, um, finding new vendors, new products, and just continue the process. Like yeah. There's no, you asked me, uh, do I want to stop what products I sell or new categories? Like I just want to keep expanding in new categories. I want to focus on certain things for sure, but why not go into knives and watches and yeah. you know washing machines like whatever? Uh, I was just looking at uh, we were talking about uh, saunas today at work. Yeah, and I said those aren't that expensive. You could put one of those in your house or outside. There you can buy one from Costco for like thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah up to $5,000. And I said, man, I'm selling the wrong stuff. I should be selling uh, $5,000 saunas. Yeah. You know, it's just, I have a friend who sells real estate, uh, selling millions of dollars of houses. And I'm over here selling books and CDs sometimes. Like, I'm selling the wrong stuff, man. Like, yeah. this is not working. Well, it's probably a different, sales, uh, different skill set, too. Like, Getting someone to pay, you know, $5 for a vintage baseball card is different than getting someone <laughs> to pay $5 million. Like, that $5, I'm not going to think about that much. That $5 million, you know, the skill set to sell those two things, or who you're just talking to probably is different, too. Sure. It's um, a totally different clientele. Yeah, yeah. I've never really been much of a salesman. I'm just saying, i got to get away from the low-dollar stuff. Yeah. And, I'm, and I am, and I'm not doing those anymore, but it was... Uh, I started with so many books because they're so easy to inventory. You just put in the, the ISBN at the back and you're mm -hmm. pretty much done and it has all the information yeah, for you. Yeah. So it's like a super quick thing. And some of them, like if you get a textbook, a good good textbook, yeah. like $100. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's, a, that's the racket you got to get into. Yeah, textbooks? Yeah, my, my roommate um, was a U of M grad. Real, one of the smartest dudes I ever met. Um, he was so smart. We'd have these conversations about philosophy and stuff and his his college roommate ended up going to MIT as a professor okay. at MIT. I'm like, so are, is it like when you talk to me, are you like talking to a monkey? Like, <laughs> well, you don't really add anything to the conversation, <laughs> but you can keep up. But all right, thanks, man. Yeah. But his uh, his roommate would he wrote the, this book, his math book, and then every couple of years he would just change the forward, and his teachers, his TA would do it. Yeah. And he'd get like two hundred thousand dollars for it. Wow. 
That's insane. That's <laughs> it's like a loophole somewhere. Right, and math doesn't really change. Math no. is math. It's been the same thing for a long time. Yeah. I don't yeah. think they're developing any new concepts that you're studying at that level. Right. So <laughs> I'm, I'm in the wrong business, too, I think. Well, I mean, uh, so how do you like being in the float the float in- industry so far? I, lo- actually, I, I love it. There's, in terms of, like, a career, um, it, it's incredible. You know, I, I we're, we're new, we're, we're not quite a startup, but we were a startup. Um, so where I was coming from before, I was making, like, you know, half of my, my bills are all covered. I'm not complaining by any means, but I was making about half of what I was making at my other job and working twice as much, mm-hmm. and I'm three times as happy. Yeah. I mean, it's just my bills are covered. You know, everyone that I'm dealing with, I'm are in a good mood. Like I hardly deal with anybody that's. It's, there's no unpleasant interactions. When people are coming in for pain related stuff, you know, I, I see people that are coming in hurting really bad, and they're leaving like you know jumping and skipping. Yeah. Like I'm gonna do this in years. So it's that's it's great. Yeah, it's really rewarding. I uh, imagine it's what a doctor would feel like. You know, I just lack those skills. <laughs> You know, walking someone to a room and we making the, sure that water is correct. You got the skills to open a business for them to use it anyway. Barely, barely. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I you know I, I'm a little self-deprecating. Like there's, I take a lot of pride in making sure everything is correct and um, these people have the best experience possible. But the science was already there. You know, this thing was already invented, and uh, it's just, it's really neat. Especially we do work with, um, so a lot of vets, the VA a little bit, but particularly this group called Vets Returning Home. It's essentially a homeless shelter for vets, and uh, you know these are guys who served their country, who you know just fell on hard times for whatever reason. And when they come in, before they float, uh, have you seen those pictures of people like before they go to war and after they go to war, like their faces are sunken in? It's like that, but the opposite. I mean, they come out as different people. Yeah, so it's um, they're it's rejuvenated. Really, yeah, it's really neat to see. Yeah, it's amazing. There's you know no physical interaction with another human being, mm-hmm. like a massage, you would think, yep. would have so much, uh, maybe not more of an effect, but just different effect. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting that a, a bathtub full of water and, and nothing yeah. has such an effect on people. It's, it sounds so hippy-dippy, too. Woo-woo. <laughs> and, and I want to be that guy, but we really try to stick to this is the science of it. And it really is. It's how does just literally nothing cause so much stuff. I mean, there's yeah. people, they did a study where they had people who were at like a, a level 10 of pain-wise, mm-hmm. and they're all taking some type of opioid oxycodone, something that's just not good for you long-term. And uh, this is the only one I knew of where they had to float three times a week. And at the end of nine weeks, 100% of these people were able to get off a significant pain pill. Wow. Uh, it, it leveled, the pain relief leveled off at about 12 weeks, but at that point, they were still they're off these pain meds. That's uh, huge. Which we have destroying the body. You could, you know, I mean, so many people have overdosed or died or mm-hmm. having liver problems or yeah. addiction problems after that. Yeah. Uh, I remember one time after I went to a float, I walked right next door to the Mug Pub. Yeah. And it's a great place. They have yeah. good food. Yeah, but really good burgers. Just the contrast of going from nothing to there's... 35 TVs, there's this, the music's yeah. playing, there's the hot waitress, there's people, you know, being rowdy next to me. Yeah. It's like, this is just overload, man. It's just stimulation overload, mm-hmm. and uh, people don't realize, and my phone's ringing, this guy's phone's ringing. Um, oh, what do you want to drink, you know? Yeah. It's just so much in your face, you don't realize how much there is. Like, I, I turn on my car immediately, the, the radio's blaring, the heavy metal music. It's like, right. oh, uh, you yeah, know. It, it takes it right back quickly. 
Well, what what is your experience with Floyd? I mean, you've, you've done it quite a number of times, probably a lot more than, than quite a few people have. Yeah. Um, I think it, I've done it about six to ten times, yeah. something like that, at different places, and uh, I think it's beneficial. I keep doing it uh, at least once a quarter now. Um, it's not that expensive, really. It's, it's I buy the packs, so yeah. if you buy more at once, you get a cheaper price, so that's helpful. Um, I probably wouldn't do it at the single price, you yeah. know, just buying one at a the, time. The $75 one? Yeah, I probably would do it way less at that, to be honest, but like around 30 I think it was maybe 29 I got a deal where I bought a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Maybe like 29 or so something So like we have it, and that's why I think I'm going to stick with these prices, where if you just buy one, it'll be $40. Yeah. If you buy two, it'll be 75 Maybe three, it's 39 Three will be 99 um, so it'll be 33 a float, and then four okay. will be 125 so it's like 31.25 a float. That se- it seems reasonable, like... Yeah. It's cheaper than a massage, mm-hmm. you know, and I think those are beneficial too. Uh, being an athlete, you just have to get your yeah. muscles worked on. And this is something like massage is great for your body. This is great for your mind. Yeah. Um, and most people never really – I've always been some, someone who reaches out of the norm, uh, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, <laughs> always reach out of the norm um, and try to look for different things. I don't know what I'm searching for, but yeah. – um, I found something that, that does work in, in the floats, so I, I enjoy it. I recommended it to, I bought one for my mom for yeah. a present, and she she likes it and has done it several times since, and I bought one for my brother. I don't know if he's done it yet. Um, I couldn't look. It was a different, it wasn't at your location. He's out in Grand Rapids. Okay. I think it was a place called Float, with a P, T-H-L-O-T. I don't know if they're in business anymore. Oh, well, maybe that's why he hasn't used it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I have to talk to him about it. But um, either way, uh, I I recommended it to the guy at work I was talking to today, and he he said I'm gonna tell my girl about it because she's having some some issues I guess and going through a divorce or um, and this would just it takes your mind off of things it uh, but also you can use it to think through things right yeah. some oh, yeah. people use it for that yeah I think it's um, that fadeaway brain state that we talked about that seems to be a really good state of mind for problem solving like people come up with these solutions to problems they've been working on for years um, and also I think you know you mentioned massage I tell people that I think a massage feels better than a float you know float you're not really feeling a whole lot but physically it's doing a lot for you too we actually have a, a two professional bodybuilders that float pretty regularly when they start you know needing recovery okay because um, it's kind of taking that pressure off everything yeah and then it's a thousand pounds of <coughs> medical grade Epsom salt dissolved in the water so I, my mom always told me when I was little, if you're sore, take an Epsom salt bath. This is like that on steroids. Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty good physically. It really does, you know, I, I got the strength training there. I got the yoga there. I, I wanted to make this thing like mind, body, spirit. But well, the more I float, and I, I got about 300 floats in now. Okay. The more I float, the more I find, like, actually floating does it all. Yeah. I um, mean, it helps me really to do those other things, to, like, get up early to go, you know, train and Sure. Um, I think it maybe puts your priorities at the top of your mind yeah. more than if you're just going through your day and not thinking about mm-hmm. what you're doing. Yeah. It gives you a chance to re-examine. Yeah. And now you, you said you've done a few other places too, which hurts my feelings a little bit. <laughs> but I think you did the other one first. So have you done the pods too, um, or just only the cabins? Like what do we have? It was uh, the door, the door on the side, and you walk in. Yeah. Kind of like what we do. Yeah, same okay. kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious what people think. I like the pods a lot. 
Um, is it like an aesthetic type thing? Yeah, it kind of feels like you're getting a spaceship almost. Yeah, it floats over top of you. Um, just feels very futuristic. We went with these cabins that have you know real high ceilings for people yeah. who aren't claustrophobic. People who may be claustrophobic. I, yeah, that's understandable. I think it's maybe less apprehensive mm-hmm. for some people to just walk in the shower door yeah. rather than getting like, what is this pot? I don't want to do that. I'm sure some people would say that. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we have a lot of people when they see the cabins, they kind of feel a lot of relief just because they thought they were getting a little pot. Yeah. But, uh, I wouldn't mind trying to pod, though. They're cool. I mean, I'll tell you a good place. Like, we, we try to tell people if you want want to try different kinds, you know, we we want to do what's best for people. So if yeah. there's a place closer to you, we're going to tell you where it's at. Or if you want to try the pod, we'll tell you a good place. Because there's people who are, um, a number of years ago, this was going to be the next, like, billion-dollar industry. And it's it still might be. Um, but people were getting into it as a cash grab. You know, they had never floated before, never done the research. And now those businesses are starting to kind of fall away a little bit or, or their pods are kind of dirty or, or tanks or whatever it might be. Um, they just didn't put the research into it. Right. Uh, like Soundproofing is a huge deal. You, know, yeah. you can hear somebody vacuum <laughs> float and it's going to take you out of it. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, or light. You know, A little bit of light is like an atomic explosion. If you didn't do that research or due diligence, um, you start to notice it. So you start to see some places go out of business, which is, is unfortunate. Uh, yeah. It's with the, all, the, with the flux, you know, too many people get in, there's mm-hmm. too many, uh, some people don't have orders, and then one, one, one of them can't sustain it yeah. long yeah. enough, and then it reaches this equilibrium eventually, you think. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, but uh, tell me a little bit about Epsom salt. I know that there are benefits, and I, uh, I've i used it myself for injuries. I don't know exactly what it does, but... I know that you're supposed to put your legs in it or your feet in it yeah. if you've got sore feet. And uh, it's got weird properties. You float if there's enough of it in the water. Yeah, so the, the magnesium, the Epsom salt, it's a magnesium sulfate. We use a medical-grade version of it. Uh, if there's, you know, it, when you the more you put it in, it changes what's called the specific gravity. Mm-hmm. The human body starts to, to float, I think, at about, like, 1.4. Okay. Uh, or excuse me, 1.2, maybe. Like, water's 1. Um, our float tanks are about 1.3, okay, uh, or maybe 1.04. My math has never been my strong suit. Um, <laughs> I think it's science. <laughs> that's science. It, neither one of those. I was always an English guy. Um, so the the Epsom salts, you know, magnesium is responsible for I think like 300 different chemical reactions in your body. Oh wow! And about 80% of Americans are magnesium deficient, and it, it sounds like getting in a bathtub filled with, you know, a thousand pounds of Epsom salt or magnesium would be great for you. And I would love to tell people that, but the, the research and the science on it seems to be that um, you don't necessarily absorb a lot transdermally through your skin. Mm-hmm. You'd be better off just taking a supplement. But for whatever reason, when you're floating in this thing, it does some things that make it seem like you are getting absorbed. Huh. Um, but there's no real... The data is inconclusive at best that you're getting it, you're absorbing it. So if you're looking for a magnesium supplement, I would just take one. I wouldn't use floating as, as that. But it has some sort of properties that help uh, when you put your leg in it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> right. it's magic. I, it's I don't know. Yeah. It's a pretty cool substance. Some some people think, you know, water is an alien substance. So yeah. Who knows? Yeah, it's a... Uh, I, I think with the... You know, I, I, I guess I don't know. This is something I'm going to have to look up. You know, the the magnesium itself, you know, I know the benefits of magnesium, but the magnesium in the water, it's 
the, it's the whole package. It's the no light, the no sound, the, the gravity being gone. It's where there's there's literally everything's being taken away from you. Yeah. Um, and then that that added effect of the Epsom salt bath, the magnesium bath, is just kind of there. But uh, an Epsom salt bath by itself, I don't know why that works. I'm going to have to look up into that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, must penetrate the muscle somehow. It's not a thermal thing. No, and that's the thing is the the it it doesn't actually get into the skin. It's, yeah. It, it's uh it's bigger than what your the holes the pores in your skin are. Okay. Because yeah. your skin is basically and I didn't know this till very recently. It's basically you know it's the largest organ you have and it's essentially there to stop things from getting in. Yeah. It's just it's just part of it. it's just dead. Right. Um, so it, it doesn't. It's not good at letting things into it. It'd probably be better if we had a exoskeleton so that we could protect ourselves better. <laughs> yeah. But that's all right. Um, and you mentioned before you wanted to uh, expand to different locations. Um, mm-hmm. You thinking franchise? I mean, that that's I would love to do that. You know, I do have some pretty big goals. I don't really tell a lot of people because when they hear it, they're like, you're fucking nuts. Um, and I, I might be a little bit. But this thing helps people, and it, it's it's been so rewarding to do, and the more we can get it out there. That's why I, I want to go lower prices. Like, I'd rather have... I'd rather make less money, but have more people be healthy. Yeah. Um, and, and long term, I think that it's going to benefit everybody. Yeah. So we we would we're not close to being at the point to franchise. Like we yeah. haven't even perfected it yet here. Um, once we get this fourth tank up and running, and I got everything as perfect as it can be, um, we'll start looking at another another location. I think once we get three locations, if we're able to do that, if the market will bear that, um, we'll start looking at, at franchising. That's pretty cool. And uh, I think an investors are doing it all yourself or. I think, I think we'll. I'm not a big fan of business partners. My brother is my my business partner, and I love him, and that we're gonna stay there. Yeah. But once you start getting people in, you know, trust and all these things are yeah. huge, and people to, you know, share your passion. So I. We're too far away from that right now to really, you know, I'll take people's money. I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. against that. But I don't want to be, be beholden to other people. So. Yeah, understandable. You, you have to find a situation and a partnership that works with you. Yeah. And for me, you know, I'm doing this all myself, really. I mean, I have some people helping now. But at some point, it's like, man, I can't I can't do this all myself anymore. Yeah. So you have to ask for help. And it would be nice sometimes to have some sort of partner. But then again, you're going to have to give something up for mm-hmm. that or pay them, uh, you know, right yeah. away. Yeah. So. Well, do you feel to... I used to tell people the the one thing I missed about having a, a you working for someone else is when stuff would go wrong, you could be like, okay, what do I do? You know, it's, it's not. You know, I, I missed that. But the truth yeah. is, I I you don't want things to go wrong. No. Like, when things do go wrong, I love that it's on me to figure this out. Like if there's no, you know, nobody else is coming to help me. Like right. I got to figure this out or call somebody that could do it for me. Um, and it's just very satisfying when you figure it out yeah it's uh sometimes you're screaming at the computer and something's mm-hmm. not working right um or i beat my children sometimes <laughs> I'm, just, yeah. I'm just kidding hey whatever makes you happy <laughs> but yeah there's there's a lot of problems that happen and there's a guy i follow jocko willink oh yeah who yeah. says uh anything that happens uh that's bad say good mm-hmm. now i have an opportunity to fix it and so it never happens again um my cousin Tony, he is he does Tony paints. He was on the podcast one time. He said he went out and did a job, um, and then he didn't get paid for it. He had to come back and do finish it up, and yeah. he went home and she he didn't see the lady there. He didn't get paid, and then she didn't like it, oh, and wow. now she's not going to pay him for it. It's like well, you didn't have a contract in place, you know. Well, 
in the next time you should have those things. You just yeah. at least have some upfront payment, deposit, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. you got to protect yourself. And there's mistakes I've made with the listings where it says one thing and you shipped another and. Like, I'm trying to upload 20,000 products. It's hard to be scrutinizing every yeah. single one. Yeah. But if it's wrong, that's a problem. You know, it has to be perfect. So, trying to be meticulous with everything uh, is sometimes uh, t- it's tedious. But it's, it's important. Yeah. You know, it's and so I take those skills. I still have a normal day job. I take those skills that, to my normal day job, and I'm super meticulous with everything, and I... I really don't make too many mistakes, so yeah. um, it's an important thing to have. Uh, and most people don't have extreme attention to detail. No. Like I'm talking in in my Excel spreadsheets, when for one item it could be you know 60 columns or so. I mean some of them are skipped, but um, if you have a space after the number, it won't work. Oh, wow. Like the whole thing won't yeah. work. So it has to be perfect. You no extra space, you know. One wrong character will make the whole thing error. Yeah. So, Our, ours isn't that extreme, but attention to detail we found is so important. You know, we I want someone to come in. You know, I don't care if you do it my way. Like if my if you come in and you say, look, your way sucks. Let's try it this way. Cool. Let's do it if that works. But I want it to be the same way every time. I yeah. want this towel to be here every time and these right. earplugs to be here every time, regardless of who came up with the idea. Repeatable. Yeah, repeatable and that that detail you have to pay attention to it. And that's one of the things I love about um, Jacko Wilkins is uh, discipline, you know. Yep. And that's something I wish I would learned earlier on. Like, I thought everything was about motivation. Yeah. You know, I'll do it when I'm motivated. And I could never find the motivation. I didn't realize, like, you have to be disciplined to do things. Like, when you say you're going to do something, you get up and do it no matter how you feel. Yeah. And um, that's that's been kind of a game changer for me, I, that putting that into practice instead of, like, well, I don't feel motivated. Right. People who do the best things in the world, they don't wait till they're motivated. They just do it. So, do you remember his quote? Which one? Uh, Jocko. It's about discipline. Which which one? I mean, well, I mean, he's got a lot of them. Probably. Yeah. So, you tell me <laughs> what you're thinking about. Discipline equals freedom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's from his, uh, like, first book, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, let me pause. Let me pause. Okay. I want to grab something. Oh, that's cool. Where'd you get that? Discipline equals freedom. My cousin, who paints, painted this. Yeah. Tony paints. Oh, that's Isn't that cool. badass. Yeah. <laughs> I look at it every day. So. Is that kind of the thing? Are you selling that too? No, I'm not oh, selling this. Okay. Although Tony sells. Go look on your website. Tony sells these. He made one for my dad too. My dad is a. Uh, he's a motivating guy. Yeah. He's done. Uh, I don't even know the number. Four hundred and some. Um, activities in a row of every single day he'll bike or run wow and so before he's 62 63 he's turned 63 i think um that's cool and uh he was like man i'm gonna get into retirement soon uh and he's looking at his figures and everything he's like i don't want to die you know i want to live a long time yeah and uh so he started working out more and uh now he's done every single day for 400 days in a row wow. and uh, I, I go on some weekends I'll go ride with them I'll go ride uh, road bicycles yeah so uh, the, like skinny tires you know on the street and we'll go ride 10 15 miles or so in, in about an hour and uh, I mean we're going 
we're not going at the speed of sound, but he's out there, he's riding, and he's consistent and disciplined with it. Yeah. And uh, he's lost, I think, 20 pounds. He wasn't over that overweight to begin with. Like he was, he's a pretty fit guy, maybe around 200 pounds. Yeah. About six foot tall, so he's in good shape. Um, yeah, and it's just awesome. cool to see that. It's motivating. He's doing more miles than I am. Really? And so I have over 1,200 miles this year on uh, running and biking, mostly biking. And uh, he's got like 1,600, I think, 1,700 maybe. Wow. It, it, it's, it's so true, too. I mean, it seems, and I guess things become kind of cliche for a reason, but it's because they're, they're true. Yeah. But when you figure that out and when you kind of put it into practice, it, it changes things. It yeah. It really does. It's, uh, it's, it's helpful, you know, it's, uh, when you don't feel like doing it, do it anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> because, I mean, depending on what it is, if it's something you want to do and you're trying to achieve a goal, then do yeah, it. Yeah, if you've decided, I yeah. want to do this, it doesn't matter if you feel like doing it or not, um, although I, I, I'm not always great at it, sometimes when you, when you push that, like, 90 hour a week, you know, yeah. work week, and you're like, eh, I'll just, I'll just, it doesn't need to be done right now, I'll do it tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, um, but that's when I find, like, I suffer, my business suffers, you know, everything, the people around me suffer because I'm not doing my best. Right. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, it's it's tough to manage everything, being a business owner. You're never done. You just find a time to stop. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I've been uh, trying to make these to-do lists and, you know, arrange. They're not really to-do lists. It's like a, a project list of everything that needs to be done, Right. Not like today I need to do yeah. this. Yeah. And so I just separate it by urgent, um, moderate, and low. Yeah, I have like green, red, yeah. and uh, yellow. Things need to be a- yeah. attached to, uh, attacked today or can, can wait. Mm-hmm. And so those those really helped me. But for a while I was like, man, I can never get, get my to-do list to zero. I mean, it'll never be zero yeah. because yeah. there's always more things. You're like, oh, well, that needs to be changed now or this needs to be updated or it just it's never ending, man. No, that's why partly you gotta love it. I mean, yeah. if you don't have a passion for it, you're gonna burn out. Especially when you, with your own business. Yeah, you have you're, to love you're it. You're gonna burn out if you don't. And so there are things within your own business, in my business for sure, that I don't love. But I love the end result. The end result, if you keep that in mind, that that that's what drives everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if I if I do this, well, maybe one day I can go back racing and competing again. Yeah. And for the longest time, and and I still play games every once in a while, but for the longest time I'd be playing, like, video games or, like, The Sims or Roller Coaster Tycoon yeah. or, you know, uh, car racing games on the PlayStation. Yeah. And those are fun, and there's a time for that, but now I feel like I'm playing a different game. Yeah. I'm playing the game of Monopoly of life of trying to... It's way more rewarded, too. Yeah, there's a real consequence in this wor- world, whereas you could spend your... I mean, hours and hours and hours. Maybe now you can make a living off of it being a virtual gamer. Yeah, Maybe you could. Yeah, yeah. Probably I'm not the guy that's going to do that. <laughs> Probably not. Because I started a Twitch account, like those games. Yeah, yeah. For when I do play, I'm like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm trying to create all this content anyway. Why not? That's yeah. another free content, basically. So I bought, like, a Logitech camera for 50 bucks or, you know, Amazon. And, um, and so I can stream now. And I, I have a simulator. Really? Uh, racing simulator with pedals and wheel and paddle shifting. Like so, do you? Uh, it, but isn't it like anything else? You gotta, especially with Twitch, you gotta be consistent. Like yeah, I have like no day. followers on there yeah, because I don't play it very often. Right. right. Um, I probably was on Twitch a month and a half ago, maybe. Yeah. 
So not that often, but it's a fun thing when I do use it. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm with you. I got a, a friend, some couple of friends who you know they'll complain about where they're at in life and stuff. I'm like, dude, you, you play Call of Duty till three in the morning <laughs> every day, and yeah. then you don't wake up till two because you don't have to work till four. All that time you could be doing something. That, like if that's right. what you want to do, fine. That's right. you know, don't complain though. Life's it's not that life's not fair. It's you're using it in a way that's not getting you what you want. Yeah. Um, which is uh, I, I did it for a long time. I mean, I noticed. I don't even think my brain was fully developed until I was like thirty. I was yeah. like Thirty and something kind of switched on. And it's like, oh, okay. I don't want to be an idiot my whole life. <laughs> right. I'm still working on it, but I'm getting getting there. Yeah. What what is stopping you from leaving your day job? Is it just, like, that's that big step where it's you're It's a like, big step. So uh, I started this business while I was unemployed, Okay. which which helps yeah. because I got unemployment. Um, and what's stopping me is just a sales number. Okay. So you, you could also say, though, but, yes, you'd have more time to work on it to make it better and all this. But right now, I just started um, the VAs. I call them the virtual assistant. Mm-hmm. I just started the VA uh, in India back in February. So it hasn't been that long. Um, but we are growing at a faster rate than we ever have. Yeah. So with the number of listings being done, um, it's, uh, it's skyrocketing. So I think by the end of the year, we should have about 10,000 listings for sale. And right now we have just about over 3,000. Wow. So a tremendous amount of growth. Um, and there's a lot of them that are about 95% of the way there. They just needed little columns fixed yeah. here and there to get them working for, uh, online. Yeah. So um, what's stopping me from quitting my job is I, want, I was just writing a whole bunch of stuff at, like, at this sales number, I should be able to do this. At yeah. this sales number, I should be able to do this. I just need more sales. Like, I'm just trying to pr- promote myself as much as possible because yeah. my sales aren't enough. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty good for being a side gig right now, but um, it's not enough. So I just need more volume. You know, I've shipped over 2,000 orders to all 50 states and 35-plus countries. So it's not nothing, and there are sales numbers, but it's just I need more. You know, if you're selling the low-dollar stuff, it's not yeah. enough. Yeah. So I can already see if I've already separated um, dropship sales from physical item sales. Uh-huh. And I've already seen that the dropship, even though the dropships are fewer than the physical item sales, the dropship dollar amount is several times the amount of the physical yeah, items. Yeah. So a while back, I said to myself, well, I want to get rid of all physical items because then, you know, I just focus on the dropshipping. Yeah. But I've already done the work. Why delist it now if I could have a few sales from that stuff? It really doesn't cost me a lot yeah. to have it already there. Yeah. Um, it's just this, let's try to transition now to the new stuff. And we are. And uh, But I, I still am accepting some consignment from close close people um, and try to keep it to higher dollar yeah, stuff. Because yeah. you can sell a – it takes you the same amount of time it takes to inventory a, uh, a T-shirt as it does a race exhaust. Mm-hmm. Right? But then the race exhaust, if it's a, if it, if it's a vendor item – that same listing can sell an infinite amount of times. This one T-shirt can only be sold once. Yeah. So it's where, yeah. where's your time best used? You know, it's it's interesting too because we we have that same talk. Um, first, let me just say I I had the same thing about quitting my day job and going to the Florida Institute full time, and something eventually forced me to. Like the people I worked for, I just yeah. I couldn't do. Like 
they just weren't good people. Um, and then when I made that transition, like everything got better. My business got better. Like I got better. <laughs> yeah. You know, but that if that choice wasn't made for me, I, I don't know if I still would. Be, I'd still be doing both things. You know. Yeah. Um, I think you have a little more clear cut stuff than I, I do, or I did. Um, we have kind of similar talks about floating. Like, what do you charge somebody? You know, seventy five dollars. This is especially in our area. This is a luxury. This is something that people can't do. And we've kind of decided. And I, I actually had a conversation with a marketer about two weeks about this. He's like, he he can give me these numbers where I'm going to sell a five hundred dollar package, and now I only need twenty people to buy these packages, and I'm set. Yeah, you know, if you're selling it for forty dollars, you need all these more people. But to me, it's like I'm I'm helping way more people at forty dollars, and I can I can recover a forty dollar loss, you know, as opposed to trying to pick up another five hundred dollar package. That's a little harder to sell. Yeah, uh, and it, it's it seems the same and different kind of like. Well, yeah, you're trying to find your price point. I would say if you are maxed out on your bookings and you're at and you're at you know, $75, then you could go higher, Yeah. right? Yeah. It, it depends on if you're, yeah, like one or two a day, then you'd probably go lower, you yeah. know? It depends and it fluctuates even, you know, with COVID times, uh, there's not a whole lot of extra money. So maybe you change for this year, maybe you rebound next year. Yeah, and there, you know, we before COVID, we were booking out solid, like two to three weeks in advance. Yeah. So I, I figured either, you know, at that $40 price point, we were either too low or that's the sweet spot. You know, that's that's where people were willing to do it. But we were also trying to, like, weigh, you know, $75 gets you one person or you could do two for 75 mm-hmm. Two, you, you doubled the amount of people that you potentially helped. And also people with floating, they want to talk about it. So you're doubling the amount of people that they're telling as well. Sure. Um, it just interested to me, like, selling things and <laughs> doing the service, how, how different they are, but how similar they are, too. Or even yeah. uh, some people do memberships. Yeah. So you could do, like, a membership model. There's so many models you oh, could yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just whatever works for you and your clientele for your area. Yeah. There's no right answer. Everything is different. No, no, there's, there's definitely not. And I think there's choices, too. Like, are you trying to maximize profits or are you trying to maximize what you're, you're helping? Yeah. With selling physical products, you know, you need to maximize, especially ones that I think aren't, you're trying to give people what they need, not yeah. necessarily, like, you know, improving quality of life. Well, I mean, you can't improve quality of life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, I yeah, guess it's I'm just, just different. Right now. Yeah, it's yeah. just different. You're directly doing it. I could, depending on, I mean, uh, you could say I improve the quality of the racer's life when he buys a new yeah. M4 performance exhaust for his, for his uh, Suzuki or something. But, uh, but yeah, I think I've always wanted to stay away from the service industries just yeah. because it's much harder, I think, to take yourself out of it. But, I mean, at least you're not hands-on with mm-hmm. you don't have to massage somebody. Like yeah. you've, You're not a, um, a craftsman where you can't take yourself out of that craft, yeah. which is nice. Um, so you, you do have that automation capability as long as you have a, a staff that's, um, that can run it for you. Well, that's that's one of the problems we have too is finding good people or keeping good people. Well, we've found amazing people. You know, people that share. It's you know, it's my business. No one's gonna put into it what I would. If I can find somebody that put like seventy, eighty percent of what I would, then I'm super <laughs> lucky. Yeah. Um, if you just find yourself a new GM or a CEO. Right. Right. Uh, 
finding those people that have the same passion as you is is difficult. You know, it's yeah. It's a. I imagine that's just across the board, no matter what you're in. Yep. Finding good people is hard. I think it it definitely depends also on your your presentation, your storefront, because trying to find a part-time employee for this place yeah. is a little difficult because they're like, you're out of your house. What is this? What do you do? Mm-hmm. Are you racing? Are you selling stuff? You know, Some people are really interested. In they're riders. or yeah. like, I want to do this. Like, Please hire me. So, and they're not, they can't type at all. Yeah. You know, they don't have any skills. So I can't hire you. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah. Um, some people, uh, it just it varies. Um, I don't have any physical employee here right now. But like when I go on vacation, I need someone here to ship orders. Yeah. So when how do you find somebody out of the blue who can run your operations uh, on their own for two hours a day? Yeah. It's tough. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, there's not a whole lot of people who fit the bill. Especially if you only need them a couple weeks out of the year. Yeah, two weeks maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so it's um, luckily I've I found family and friends sometimes who help out or uh, roommate here and there. Yeah. So it, it, it definitely helps, but. Um, hopefully one day I envision I'll have zero physical inventory and I can do this from anywhere in the world and uh, eventually I won't be a bottleneck of information so that right now already I've figured out how to automate PO, so purchase orders. So yeah. when a purchase order like today came through for Driven Racing, they bought um, bleed nipple covers for their bike in, yeah. in red, pack of four, and so it automatically just... Um, emails them directly and, and CCs me on it. That's awesome. And then they all they, they do is they uh, charge my card for the difference. You know, I got the, the retail price and they charge the cost. And then they email me um, the invoice with the tracking number. Yeah. So I just take the tracking number, put it on eBay or Amazon or wherever, my website. We're done. That's sweet. And just go into my channels manager, hit um, shipped order, yeah. and then log it in my main log for the dollar amount. How how cool did it feel the first time you made money like where you really didn't do anything? It's you know, awesome, man! Like, I can't believe this can happen. <laughs> this is great. I didn't yeah. touch anything, yeah. and so I'm I've been in this phase for a long time and still am of I'm uploading. I'm waiting. I feel like I'm still starting my business. I've been doing this for years. Yeah. I, but mm-hmm. I'm on skew like nineteen thousand now, and we only have like three thousand items online. So we've sold a lot of yeah. a lot of items um, that aren't recurring, that are physical mm-hmm. items, but also there's a lot of stuff that's it's like the tip of the iceberg is online right now that we're just about to throw everything up in the next few months. I'm not saying that just for hype; it's yeah. for real. Like yeah. um, I'm working on like five or six thousand different items right now for different vendors wow. that it's going to go online soon and. And like the M4 just went online, started selling. Some of the driven just went online and started yeah. selling. Um, and some of it's like thirty dollar item. Some of it's you know it's all over the place. But for the most part, they're mostly over fifty dollars a piece, which is yes. kind of my threshold yeah. um, to make it worth your time. So, man, it's exciting. I just I want to expand into so many product lines. Yeah. Um, what about voice? Are you looking into like voice? That seems like it's gonna change the game too. What are you talking about? So. Like, I'm going to say, you know, Alexa, order toilet paper. Oh, yeah. Know? I mean, I haven't even thought about how to get in, how to get into that. Um, Either way, I'd like, that's so far beyond. As far as voice, I th- what something I would like to do is maybe uh, um, record audiobooks. Like, yeah. how can, 
how can I leverage my skills or talent or time in order to multiply it? Mm-hmm. So I don't know how the deals are for audiobooks, but um, it, it seems like you sell one and you make multiple copies. You make making money in perpetuity, yeah. right? Yeah. Somehow, yeah. That seems like a good plan. I think they have a. Don't they? They'll have actors do it, read the book, or sometimes. they'll have the authors themselves do sometimes it. Sometimes the original one does, yeah. but sometimes it's a voice actor. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I can I can talk. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't I make money yeah. with my voice? Yeah. So. Uh, my voice, I got that nasally Michigan voice. Nobody yeah. wants to hear that. Nasally. Yeah, like <laughs> just I don't know where it is. Well, I always have drainage, but I, I if you if you can't even tell, you know, I've been doing yeah. a good job. So. Yeah. Yeah. But. It's it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, but you. I mean, I just like the the whole just find different ways to make money. You know? When you say make money, it sounds dirty, but like but yeah, it's well, a business. Yeah, so I I don't want I I don't ever want, and I'm not there yet. I don't. If I want to do something, I want to be at the point where I don't make not have enough money be the reason I don't. You know, right. If it's because of family or, or some other thing, I, I don't want money to be the reason. Yeah, um, it's. Uh, Money, uh, what's the saying? It's, uh, you don't need shoes to run, but it really helps. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you don't need money, but it really helps. Well, and, I mean, when you don't have it, and, again, like, the things we do at the Float Institute, you know, the things we want to be good at, like, making money is fourth or fifth on the list. You know, there's, yeah. there's a lot of things we're trying to do first really well. But I've been poor, man. I've been where, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay my rent this month, you know, we're like, yeah. I got to either eat or pay this bill. And it's, it's a terrible feeling. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to have that feeling or have my kids have that feeling. Yeah. It's, it sucks for yeah. sure. Um, sometimes it makes you realize who you are, mm-hmm. right? If you're in those situations and you're like, well, what's going on? Sometimes, I mean, it's not who you are. You're not a broke person. It's just sometimes the times, um, Sometimes you lose your job because of a virus you had nothing to do with yeah. or whatever the situation is, and it's tough out there. It's it's expensive just to live. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I've, I've been broke before and try, trying to start a business while you're unemployed. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. Without a, a no major investment, um, <laughs> it's, it's tough. So it's just like I, I just saw that tires were the first thing that I started selling, and they were I had sold every tire that I ever used. I was like, well, this is, I got something here. Why don't I just put it on eBay? Because I was just using Craigslist and Facebook and Instagram before. Yeah. And uh, they weren't on any marketplace like eBay. Yeah. So I threw them on eBay, and they're selling there too. And now they're selling to Colorado and Florida and California and Australia and Hawaii, you know, all over the place. So Australia? All over the place. Like, I've sold sold a $10 book with $30 shipping to Australia before. Wow. <laughs> it's like, what? it seems silly, but I sell such a random assortment of stuff. I might have a vintage book that just isn't available yeah. anywhere else, or the tariffs for him to buy it at his local store might be more money than it costs him to buy it from me. Yeah. So there's, Or he just really wanted it, and he's like, I don't care how much it is, yeah. let me have it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I, I love what you're doing. I just think it's so cool. I didn't, I didn't even realize it. You know, when you first came in, I knew you had the Eric Swan racing and stuff, and I had your card, and I'd never, never really gone on your website. Yeah. And I started clicking around, and I was like, this 
this dude has everything. Like, try to. I can buy shoes off. Yeah, him. I got like, shoes. I got women's shoes, women's clothing. Yeah. Some of it was from resale shops or past girlfriends. Yeah. You know, whatever. No, everything. I was like, I think I had that when I was a kid. It was. It was uh, it's awesome. Old toys. Some of my old, da- my dad's old cards, like uh, like uh, trading cards, yeah. football cards. I, you know, I started with. Uh, 150 Red Wings cards, yeah. old old cards from probably the 90s or 80s even, and uh, I started with 150 and none of them sold. So I was like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I just wanted to try a batch of local stuff because I yeah. thought they were cool anyways. Yeah. And it, I was like, I'm stopping there. These cards aren't aren't worth that. Uh-huh. Although one of the biggest uh, sellers on eBay of all of eBay is a card seller. He sells um, like all kinds of baseball cards, yeah. hockey cards, but they just have millions of cards on there, so they're the uh, place to go. Yeah, you know. So I mean, do they have a storefront too? I'm sure they do. Yeah. I have a. Um, so my father passed away. He, uh, who actually he passed away the day before we opened the Float Institute. Yeah. Which was I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean it, we we knew it was coming, and uh, we decided to open still because we knew he'd want us to. When he passed away, he passed down his comic book collection to yeah. us. And uh, so he's got, like, Amazing Spider-Man number one to, like, the current issue before he passed away, like, you know, three years ago. So wow. one to, like, three or four hundred or something <laughs> like that. Or I think it's even, like, seven hundred. Um, all the, like, Fantastic Four number one to the current issue. Like, these things that are huge, and I just don't know what to do with them. Yeah. Um, a collection like that, man, uh, I wouldn't even know... I tried for the for the cards to get them somehow appraised yeah. so I could sell them. You know, I actually had a whole bunch uh, of football cards that were all signed. Every mm-hmm. one of them was signed football cards. I just found them. Um, and actually, this this garage when I moved in. Oh, really? At the, yeah, they were in the garage. Oh, and, wow. I, and I tried to like get them appraised. How much are they? And they said, you'd have to send out each individual one to get like uh, somehow vetted or yeah. certified, yeah. whatever they call it. Um, authenticated that this is a real card, real signature, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. I didn't have any proof there. Mm-hmm. I just found these. I don't have pictures of the signatures, but so they just said they were basically worthless. Wow. I was like, are you kidding me? What if these really are? I mean, yeah. why would somebody just fake sign every single card in a different signature? It's all different people <laughs> too. Yeah, it was like a whole album full of signed cards, hmm. and so I ended up selling it on Craigslist for like fifty bucks or something. That was as much as I could get out of really? it. Really? This thing though, like it's. But something like that, with that has um, historical value almost, and such a such a large collection. This was just random cards, yeah. and cards aren't worth anything today. Comics are still worth something, and some cards are, I think, still. But they have to be like the first rarest edition for you know. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure about the comic marketplace. Well, I, I don't know how the marketplace. What I, I got a book to see what they were worth, and like the you know the Amazing Spider-Man number one's like like a thirty thousand dollar comic book. Yeah, it's in a safe somewhere. It's safe, but it has like with these Marvel movies becoming really popular. Yeah, he has like the first appearance of every single like Black <laughs> Panther, all these guys, the Punisher, every wow. um, Daredevil, like every first appearance that he has. So like, I don't. I also grew up reading these things when I was a kid. Like that's how I learned how to read almost. But at the same time, I, I don't even know how much these things worth. Like, yeah, my dad said he found uh, a set of cards in the basement that might be worth some money. He told I don't know what that really? means, 
But yeah, you never know if you have a gold mine. Uh, yeah. Get go on uh, Antiques Roadshow or whatever that yeah. one is, where they yeah. give you a price. Yeah, I think Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> I don't think they mentioned comic books, though. I'm like, get out of here, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> but there's got to be a need for it. I mean, if there's somebody out there who's looking for for a yeah. set of a one to three hundred and some of these comic books, yeah, you never yeah. know. Make an offer. Yeah, I'm going to find the right, right buyer. That's the thing about selling stuff, too, right? It doesn't matter what people say it's worth. It's who you will pay for it. Yeah. Oh, it's a funny story about that. So I have uh, tons of mistakes. I make tons of mistakes all the time. But... There's one listing in particular that was a TV dinner tray. It's just a, just a tray. There's yeah. nothing special about it. Probably worth 35 cents at a garage sale. Yeah. I don't even know where it came from. It's probably my grandma's or something, you know. And so somehow it's listed online for $37,000 on Etsy. And it is the most watched and clicked on and commented and asked this about listing that I have yeah. in my entire catalog here. And it was a mistake, and I just left it. And I get tons of people asking me about it. Like, yeah. I have one just like it. Do you think oh, that... they want to sell theirs, <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. Are you just going to leave it like yeah, that? Yeah, I'm just going to leave it. And that's a good idea. And uh, p- then more people click on my other listings. They're like, oh, let's see what else he has. You know? Yeah. So it's a marketing scheme. I think there was a, a comma somewhere in the numbers that screwed it yeah. up. Screwed up the price. So... I, I mean, I think, too, mistakes are so important. I, like, we... You know, people that are worried about making mistakes because they don't want to fail... Like, Make mistakes, and you're not failing. If you stop, you're failing. But my office at one point was just failed ideas. Like, oh, I think these lights would be cool. I'm going to try that. I'm like, oh, yeah. that, that looks terrible. <laughs> so I'm going to put them in a box over here, you know, different. Yeah. Just, I mean, literally boxes and boxes of things that were just failed ideas. I mean, it was just, it was just a room of failure. Yeah. Um, but it got me to where what I think is, is pretty cool and a pretty neat place. Um, but if I didn't have that room of failure, <laughs> I'd never have what I have now. So you're doing all of the uh, the construction, the building, the designing yourself, or do you have like a company or an architect that does all that for you? So, um, at this point, we're it's small stuff we're doing, you know, like lighting, changing lighting, changing all that stuff. But from the design of the logo, um, I had a hand in that. To even the design of the building, I I designed it, then gave it to an architect, and they they put it. So for better or worse, um, yeah. pretty much everything there is is you know comes from me. Uh, yeah. Some things. You know, not quite as good as what I'd like. Sure. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And uh, you doing all the plumbing and uh, electrical and all that stuff? Or? So, no. Um, <laughs> uh, when things need to be done without a permit, I'll do those. Yeah. The plumbing, the tanks are pretty well self-contained. Um, essentially, what you have is a very specialized filtration system. Um, it's not... It's kind of a mix of what they use to purify drinking water okay. and also like a pool, um, almost. They, you know, so they're it's all self-contained. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can work on those pretty easily, um, or like I can now. At first, yeah. it was pretty difficult, but um, now they're pretty easy to, to maintain, and take care of some breaks. Yeah, and um, so talk about the filtration a little bit. They do. Um, how often do you guys change that out and? And there's like a one micron filter in there, I hear. Yep. So the the water itself, um, it's basically new water every three months between okay. adding salt and adding water and losing water and losing salt. I think like somebody figured out maybe 1.1 pounds of salt get taken out of the tank every time somebody gets out. Okay. And then you lose water through evaporation that you have to add. Yeah, um, I'm sure some comes off in their skin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gets in their ears. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That will stay in there too. Yeah. 
Um, if you do get salt in your ears, though, the water, uh, hydrogen peroxide works really good. Okay. Uh, That's drop the secret. hydrogen peroxide and then some water in there and just kind of leave it here fizzing out. Some stuff that bubbles, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. For wounds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so the filtration system, like I said, it's, it, it's very specialized. We have a one micron filter. The water's filtered through completely three to five times between each person um, uh, floating. And then to give you a comparison, a human hair is like 40 to 50 microns. So it's very micron, small. Yeah. yeah. Very small. And then as the water is being filtered, uh, we have an ozone generator attached to it. So it's super oxygen in the water. It's just mm-hmm. killing anything that could be in there. Okay. And the filter's picking that up. Um, I'm looking to add in UV to it as well. Um, but then the salt content itself. So by volume, it's slightly saltier than the Dead Sea, which is basically the deadliest um, or the saltiest body of water on Earth. But things can live in there um you know they've but most of the time I mean, they've taken things where they just pour you know bacteria and stuff in there and just kills it instantly um but we're our waters are you know, being clean is their biggest thing i tell people i would drink our water if the epsom salts wouldn't make me shit <laughs> myself yeah Maybe after you boiled it or something, right? Well, even the essence, you got to well, get the salt. salt. The, yeah. How do you get the salt out? You got to desalinate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, then I would. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, desalination. That's the. It's the next big thing. That's the next big thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Try to jump ship onto that topic, right? Yeah. You're gonna move out to California for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's an ocean on this side too, right? Yeah, but I like the weather out on the other side better. Yeah. Although falling into it doesn't sound appealing. <laughs> if there's an earthquake. Right. Yeah, um, I'd like to move out of state. Yeah. be nice, but um, it'll be a little while before that happens. Yeah, but you have the perfect setup for it. I mean, you're, you're I, yeah, I could go out. anywhere. It's just a matter of uh, when the sales come. I think it'll be anywhere from 1 to 11 years yeah. before I get back on the racetrack. So, If nothing else changes. Yeah. Is racing a thing where, like, I don't play basketball anymore. I don't, I don't fight anymore. Um because my body just won't handle it. Is yeah. racing kind of one of those things where it's in your mind, or do you lose a step as you get older, too? It's something that you have to have great cardio for and be like, uh, and be strong, core yeah. and legs mostly. But it's not something you need to bulk up for. Yeah. So there are women who can compete at a pretty high level, um, and I think it's uh, it's more even in that way, mm-hmm. where it's not as physical, but it's, it's still exhausting. It's hard... It's different. It's yeah. not like you're weightlifting, but you're wrestling a 400-pound machine around a racetrack yeah. at the limit of physics. So do people kind of so age out it's, almost? It's very much a, a mental thing. Most people stop around 40s, I'd say. Okay. But there are people who race into their mid-60s or 70s. Um, it's, it's very possible. And yeah. I've raced a 60-year-old who almost kicked my butt. Really? So he was pretty fast, and I was I was impressed by him. Yeah. But... Uh, I have intentions of racing for a long time. Um, we'll see what the money will allow. Yeah. So I'm going to try to make as much money as possible. But like for me, um, to do it the right way, you're talking, you know, fifty to a hundred thousand dollars at least a season, just to compete. That's crazy. Just to compete. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, when I race amateur, it's it's much much less obviously than that. You're, you're traveling only in the region, maybe down south to like Georgia, you know. Alabama, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's maybe the farthest you go. But, um, yeah, it's still, you're spending ten, twenty thousand 20000 or more on just the events if you're doing a full season. Man. So it's it's an incredibly expensive hobby So that I'm a professional at. Yeah. Just that I can't afford it. 
So what a weird professional sport that I'm a pro, but I can't compete. Yeah. So I don't know what the solution is. I would love to figure out something for, for the next generation of riders because there's, there's it's a phenomenal sport, and I love it, but it's just very exclusive. So there's only a select amount of people who can do it. Yeah. Isn't it, it by the nature, though, of, like, the, my uncle... Uh, he raced 20 cars professionally. Yeah. It's just the nature of the sport. You, yeah. You, know, you do so many, that engine's done. you got to get a new engine. Like, yeah. it's being so mechanical, like, it, physics, it's only going to let, those wheels are only going <laughs> to last so long. Right. And they're expensive. Oh, yeah. yeah that, that seems like, if you can figure out how to make that more accessible, I think you got another business on your hand there. Yeah, or, like, I feel it's way more interesting, and all of my friends do, than NASCAR. Yeah, NASCAR is way bigger than motorcycle racing. You yeah. never see motorcycle racing on TV. It's starting to, and it's getting bigger and better. The new series took it over a few years ago, the pro racing in America, yeah. called Moto America, and they're getting it better. It is getting better, but it's not there yet. Yeah. So, like, how do you get it? If it were in front of way more people, it would get more money into the sport, Yeah. obviously. So, if you made some sort of... Uh, like if you formed a group with a whole bunch of riders, and then you and then you then went out to different brands and tried to get sponsors as a group for these this group of riders, it'd be easier to get ten million dollars than to go after each one and try to get fifty bucks. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's so difficult to try to get any any money from anybody nowadays. So you have to go after the major corporations who have advertising budgets in the millions of dollars. Yeah. You know, it's in the NASCAR engine. Is as much as my entire season. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's they're they're able to fund it because they they're at the top level wow. and they're getting Coca Cola and yeah. Target. How can happen though? I feel like NASCAR. You're driving in a circle. Like how? Bernie, not Bernie Ecclestone. Bernie Ecclestone was Formula One. He was the master mind behind that. But there's there's some there's some people who uh, who really put a lot of money behind it and made it professional. Made it arenas instead of like. The hillbilly backyard yeah. races. It would be let's let's make this a family spectator event and market the hell out of it. And just, you get just marketing. I mean, you tell me. I don't know. I, it's, I, it's, I, uh, NASCAR has no appeal to me whatsoever. Like, it does. You know, I'm I a can't. racer, and I and I appreciate the um, the skill required to mm-hmm. drive the cars and everything that's involved. However, watching it to me is not as enjoyable. It's watching a motorcycle race, it's watching IMSA, like a sports car race, yeah. um, or a Formula One race, open yeah. wheel, IndyCar. There's so many others, even kart, kart racing, mm-hmm. it's not really on TV. But I enjoy that too, you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, I, I listen, racing in general to me is not that exciting, but like, there's a picture of people behind you where their knees are touching the ground. You see this one? Can you see that? Yeah, so that's insane. That's, that's me. That, that's you? That's me. Should I bring that up higher? I mean, I don't know if the other people see it. That's cool. Yeah, this is... Um, and you're not falling there. This, no, you're you're this driving. Is this is on the wall over there. I just brought it over. So this was me at uh, Mid-Ohio. It's kind of dusty. But um, this was in practice. This I I had no logos on my bike because I just... It's practice. Yeah. But, um, yeah. You want to yeah. lean off the bike on the inside you and get your head. Off you want to get your head down, and I have a more extreme style than some people. Some people drag their elbows. I don't drag my elbow, but um, some people do. They drag their elbow for balance. It's it's not necessarily a balance thing. 
but it's like a, it's like a really good feeler. So you, we put her. <laughs> when you're feeling the ground, how fast are you going when you're doing that's that? That's like 90, <laughs> maybe 80. I feel like your elbow is never a good feeler when you're going 90 miles an hour. <laughs> well, so it's uh, the whole idea is to get to the inside of the bike yeah. as much as possible so you can go around the corner faster. It's yeah. like centrifugal motion or force. And so when you get to the inside, it's um, you take the bike and it's more upright. Yeah. So if you were to go through the corner and you're sitting straight up on it and you take the same lean angle, that's dangerous for the tires. Because if you have too much lean angle, you don't have grip anymore. So when you're you're able to get off of the bike more, yeah, the bike is actually more upright. So when you say dangerous for the tires, then like you're gonna go through more tires. You just don't wanna. You wanna be, even though I'm leaning over as much as I can, I'm trying to have the bike as upright as possible through the corner. Yeah, but it's that bike's not very upright. I mean, sure, that's pretty. So this is like my max lean angle through the corner, but this, I won't be at that point for very long. So right after this point, I'm going to try to... Like, fall off. I mean, you're not going to fall off, but if I did that, I would just be dead. So, yeah, most people think that you, you can't you can't do that. So when I first went to a track day, I was like, holy crap, man. Yeah. You, you're telling me I can do this with a bike? And you, you see people do it in front of you. You're like, wow, let me try that. You know? And it's just such a learning experience of, wow, you can push it this far, and it's okay. And then sometimes you push too far, yeah. and you crash. Yeah. But most of the time, when you crash, you end up in a field. You end up in an open field. Like, around this one, you, there's actually hay bales. There's a hay bale there, and there's that white and blue thing. Yeah. It's an air fence. So on this one... That thing you were talking about at the beginning. Yep. On this At this track, they don't have great runoff. This is at Mid-Ohio in uh, Lexington, Ohio, not too far from here. Yeah. And so... Uh, in a couple corners, since there was a pro event, I think the next weekend or something, they, they had air fences deployed. And um, normally there's a barrier behind that. There's a steel barrier. Well, I like your number. I like how you're you're hanging off there. I, yeah, that would be more exciting than, than NASCAR Yeah, to me. You I can don't see so much more of yeah. how the rider's uh, affecting the bike. Yeah. And, and those, from my understanding of NASCAR, it's, it's, you're fighting that machine, too. It's, oh, yeah. it's a workout. But it doesn't seem exciting to watch. Like <laughs> just just different. Just yeah. different. Like they're incredibly talented, and they don't. It's not like they're bumping the radio, listen, you know, listen oh, to yeah. music and with the AC blowing. Nope. No. <laughs> yeah, the the just the machines themselves. You know, the the work that put into it. It's incredible. And yeah. these bikes too. I just I don't see the appeal. It seems yeah. like is it a southern thing? Is that because of weather? Is that a bike star too? Um, I mean, it's more popular in southern areas because they can ride all year round like my my big thing right now is i don't know when maybe five years yeah i I love to move out of state because michigan's great i've been here my whole life Mm. been in metro detroit but i love riding i love racing and you can't really i mean you could do ice racing but that's a whole different thing I want to be in the good weather. I can ride my bike with shorts and t-shirt on. I could go out. You can do that with shorts and t-shirt? Well, I mean, I could ride my bicycle. Okay. I could go uh, out and train uh, on my bicycle and ride and not have to worry about it's seventy, it's 17 degrees outside yeah, yeah. In, in the middle of March or April. Ah, that's, that, that is insane, though. <laughs> so I didn't know you were a crazy person. Like, well, I, I mean, thought, you don't start there. <laughs> you just don't, that's not your first track day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just start and you slowly get faster, and um, the better you get, sometimes you'd be dragging body parts and foot pace. You know, yeah. I screwed up. I was so mad at myself. 
I screwed up a, a new, brand new pair of boots, actually a couple pairs of boots, because I would always drag my feet. Uh -huh. I'd drag my toes on the ground and wear, wear a hole in the boot really quick. Um, so I ended up getting, they call them uh, magnesium toe sliders, so yeah. that it's like a metal. And it's a spark, right? They're actually, they're, on, they're not supposed to spark because okay. it's a distraction. Yeah. But yeah, they do have those too. So, yeah, I, I drag my body parts on the ground, but... Yeah, that's wild. Going very, very fast. <laughs> it's just a feeler. You gotta feel the ground. Yeah, that the fact that you guys call it feelers too is kind of <laughs> like you crazy people. <laughs> like you, I mean, in the best way. So my best friends are crazy people. Yeah. I, I probably am a little bit of a crazy person. But like, I'm gonna drag my body part on the ground as a feeler going 90 miles well, an so, hour. Well, so yeah, let's let's I'll show you. This is a knee puck. This is what goes on your knee on the side here. Yeah. On the knees, uh, this is what you drag on the ground. So they start a, off the all the same height. Um, yeah, those are rain pucks, so those are actually a little higher. But this is one that's been fully used. There's nothing left to it. So where do you where are you when you decide like yeah I, I need to get another one right now? <laughs> Usually well, like that one. one more. That's ridiculous. This is not. I that's, can go one more. That's ridiculous. Most people would not wait until that long. Dude. Most people change them like at that level, at the other level. This is where they change Maybe it. a little less than that. Maybe more even. But you, you're, you're crazy, man. <laughs> but thank you. I, I think you're going to be successful. <laughs> yeah. So, so imagine we use it as a feeler because uh, you don't know what percentage of lean angle you are by just sitting on it. Your uh -huh. brain doesn't know I'm at 37% or whatever. So when you put your, your knee down, you, you, it's, a, it's a much better gauge of where you are and how much more you could lean the bike. Oh, wow. So imagine if you're at your elbow on the ground or something, or wherever your position is, you know, oh, I can go a little lower if I have to, yeah. or this is the max I can go, I better not get on the gas too hard. You know, that so, makes sense. so it's just a gauge, and I assume for when your elbow is down, um, you can't much go much lower than that. So when you're at that lean angle, you have to be super careful with the applying the throttle back. So on. if you don't use a feeler, are you just like, I'm crazy, man. I'm gonna I go to don't. I don't know anybody who doesn't use a feeler. So the goal is to not drag your knee on the ground. The goal is to go that friction slow you down, right? A little bit, yeah. yeah. The goal is to go through the corner as fast as possible. So. A lot of times you'll maybe touch it a little bit and then just pick your knee up. Yeah. And I actually, those are really high. The one on the left there is the highest. Those are rain pucks. So in the rain, you don't want to lean it as much. Yeah. So you got a little bit extra there. And so I ended up using the rain pucks more because I ha it forced me to bring my knees up sooner. Wow. Right? Yeah. So it, it was like a conscious thing yeah. where it's like, I know it's going to force me to do this. So it was a good habit to get into. So I always started using... I mean, there might be slightly heavier, yeah. but not really that much. So I was like, why, wild, why don't I just try to try to do that? So most people use the smaller ones. But yeah, that's wild. So can't wait to get back into it. I'm excited for you. I mean, that's... How old, how old were you when you started racing? Uh, my number is 20 because I was 20 when I started. Okay. So it's I... I uh, I did a season of track days, so I did like 12, um, might have been like six events, so uh -huh. a weekend, two days per weekend or so, so 12 track days the first year, um, not a whole lot of time, it's like yeah. imagine you get into a sport and you do it 12 days, Yeah, no, I'm, not a I'm lot, good, yeah. not a lot, but 
after that time, I had advanced from novice to intermediate to advanced in track days, and I was already passing people who were racing. I was like, why don't I just start racing? Like, yeah. Try it out, see where it goes. I had no aspirations of any of this. I was like, I don't, I'll try it. So, yeah. And uh, and I did okay. I did pretty well. And then I, that same year, I won three championships. Really? Yep. My first ever year of racing. Damn. As a brand new rookie yeah, novice. Yeah. And so the next year, I went to expert. And unfortunately, I haven't won an expert championship. Yeah. But the guys who won in front of me were 15-year veterans. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like the best of the rest every time. Mm-hmm. Not every time, but um, many How times. How old are you now? If you don't mind I'm 28. 28. Oh, yes. Yeah, so you, you I'm still young. Yeah, I'm still young. I mean, I got until I'm 85 or... Man, you know, I'm 28. You got business. You're professional. Motorcycle. I'm fucking up. I got I gotta leave to get out of here to go do some stuff. They have podcasting. Uh, I gotta ch- steal this camera, probably. <laughs> it's gonna follow you. It's got GPS on it. Does it? No, it might. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, you, uh, you're doing a lot. I got uh, two renters usually. Right now I'm down to one. Yeah. But um, I try to have two renters. Um, Full time job. Yeah. And trying to find a girlfriend if anybody's out there. Twenty-eight. Yeah, if you want to keep doing stuff, don't do that. That's gonna yeah. distract you. I know Christmas is coming up, right? Yeah. Oh, well, although I, I will say this, my wife, I always wanted to like find a girl who made me a better person, all that. Like meet girls who whatever. My wife makes me a better man. Like yeah. if it were not for her, I would not have the stuff I have going for me. But you're doing all this on your own without a wife, so like that could screw <laughs> you up. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I'm not looking. I'm at the point now. Where I don't need a girlfriend. Yeah. You know? It'd be nice to have someone to share things with and a companion. Mm. Um, but I don't want someone who needs someone. Yeah. Right? You want someone to be independent. Mm-hmm. You want someone to have their shit together, to have a, a decent job and to have hobbies and to have friends. Um, so that's that's what I'm looking for. That's good. I mean, that's that's uh, they're out there. That's, that's how my wife is. When we met yeah. each other, we were both doing well. And it wasn't like, I got to fix myself. Yeah. Or, you know, it was, we were both good. And it was it was a it was a kind of a change. I, I dated a girl who who had a great job, and I was like, oh wow, this this can exist, you know. She just redid her kitchen. I was like, oh, this is this is different, you know. It wasn't a great match uh, compatibility wise, but yeah. uh, I saw that oh wow, some people do have their shit together. Yeah, this is kind of nice. You you got your stuff together at 28 already. I was. When I was your age, I was a drug addict. Like, I was a flat-out loser. Yeah. Um, now, like, with my wife, I feel like she she is so much better than me and my children. Like, I don't deserve any of it. So, like, I have to just bust my butt to make up for one lost time and to make sure I'm good enough for these people in my life. Yeah. Um, so, there's probably a slightly different motivation. You, you already got all this stuff going on. I really feel like i got to go work right now. Well, you know, honestly, I don't. If you if you think I got it going on, um, <laughs> thank you so much. But I don't feel that way. I feel like uh, every day, like man, how do I sell more stuff? Yeah. How do I get more? How do I get out there? Why don't I, Why do I have four views on this video that I spent two hours recording? You that know, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm but glad you feel that way. That's good. But I'm not satisfied. I'm, I'm not satisfied. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm very restless. I guess. Um, not not anxious. Like, I'm, I'm a calm person, I feel like, but I want so much more. And I feel like I'm capable of so much yeah. more. And it's just, uh, it's just, it, you have to be patient and you got to keep the discipline because you just got to keep going because you never know when you're going to find that, that item 
that's your your gold mine. Yeah. You you find uh, that location that works for you, whatever it is. Um, well, and I think it's it's okay to, and this might be an oxymoron. Like you can be content but not satisfied. Like I I'm content with my life. Like if it if it were to end now, I'm 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 happy. Yeah. But I'm still pushing for more. You know, I still like I still want my family to have things that I want people to experience this. But you're gonna grow. On my first business I tried starting, I tried privatizing a special needs program. Um, I was I, I've been a volunteer for the special ed program for a long time and. It seemed like they were always cutting, always cutting, cutting, cutting. And then an election year would come, and they would try to, you know, parade them out. And this community of people were just incredible. Like, these are my friends. Um, and then I found out it needs to be subsidized by the government. You cannot you cannot make a business out of this. Yeah. But I failed at that. You know, I didn't fail, but I just Tried do something it. and it didn't work. You hit a roadblock. Yeah. And I just kept trying stuff till we found yeah. floating. And, yeah. Um, you're... 28 if you already got all this stuff going on. I really feel like, and we talked about it before, I think before we started, I feel like i got to go back to work and do some <laughs> stuff. Like, it gets me motivated. Well, that's good to hear, man. I, uh, the term motivational speaker gets thrown out, thrown out or, or influencer, mm-hmm. all those things. Yeah. But uh, I do have some sort of aspect of me that influences people, I think, in a positive way. Yeah. I hope not in a negative way, but that makes people want to do more. Um, like I said, I I don't feel like I've fulfilled my potential, so I'm trying everything I possibly can to get there. And you're there, right, you know. You have it. Yeah, and so like, just to be able to to fund professional racing, that's gonna be like you need a million dollars a year in gross sales, to be able to generate how much in net profit in your pocket, you know, at yeah. the end of the day. So it's a lot of money. So you're talking like, uh, eighty four to a hundred thousand dollars a month in mm-hmm. in sales. Like that's possible, sure, but not this month, <laughs> you know. Not next month, probably, unless something drastically changes. So, yeah, it's um, you're just growing and trying to be patient and and uh, trying to learn along the way. You know what I'm what I first started with isn't what I'm doing now, and what I'm doing in five years isn't what I'm going to be doing yeah. exactly today. Yeah. And I'm so willing, and uh, you just have to change. You just have to be like water and just like okay, well, you hit a roadblock, so I'm not stopping business mm-hmm. i'm just uh trying a different way or I'm trying to trying a new method or i'm trying a new marketing strategy yeah. you know well I mean, what's your customers too i it, be like water is one of my favorite quotes there is i, yeah. I love it i love uh, the Tao Te Ching and you know, bruce lee yep, i read the Tao Te Ching. yep um but i found out real quickly like what i like doesn't matter it's like what what do the people what that i'm catering to my customers guys like it, what's important to them you know right that as a salesperson, as someone selling stuff for a living, that's probably gonna change dramatically. Oh yeah, and tastes change and yeah. fashions change yeah. and the new models come in. There was a, there was a I sell a, a product called Motul Suspension Slacker. It's uh-huh. like an advanced setup tool for your suspension sag, setting it by yourself. Normally it takes like three people to do this one thing and you can do it by yourself. Oh wow. Which is very helpful. Yeah. And it's like a hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty dollar tool. It fits it right in your uh uh, your, your toolbox and Eve has a cool carrying case, but I was selling the crap out of the version twos. I yeah. just I found a good listing somehow. It it just it worked. People were clicking on it and buying buying from that one, and uh, I had like 15 sales of that one product in a month. I think or 10 to 15. Like oh, I sold wow. thousands of dollars yeah. of this stuff. Yeah. And version three came out, and it I sold five of them maybe in in months. 
because the new version came out and that listing didn't get uh, high enough up in the search rankings fast enough or whatever the algorithm is and yeah. so people are clicking on others other people's listings see I know it sounds like you know that sucks but you having to go through those growing pains it's part of it it's yeah. just how you learn and so there's things you learn from I learned if if you are uploading a thousand items don't do a thousand at once yeah do a thousand with a five-minute interval for each one, because then eBay sees, oh wow, look at this guy. Yeah. He's uploading every five minutes. Yeah. And then somehow you get tons of more views and. It feeds into like the algorithm. Yeah, I don't know exactly how it works or if that's how, but it seems like, man, uh, when I did it this way, it worked a little bit better than when I did it all at once. You, I know you don't want to hear it, but you're, you're probably really lucky to be doing this. Like I, <clears throat> you're going through some growing pains that I, I didn't have to go through and. I hope I don't have to go through, but like if you Google floating, yeah, I'm coming up. You yeah, know, I'm on page one just because there's not that many of us. You know, so right. like a lot of things I didn't have to learn or haven't learned or you know have learned eventually, but didn't have to right away. That really could have sunk you know a normal business or some someone else, sure. and maybe should have sunk me. Um, but just because of how small a niche it was, yeah. and it, it was in the right time, like you, you are figuring all that stuff out. Like if it happened to me now, they're like, oh no, <laughs> I, I gotta call somebody and yeah. get some marketer. So you, you, it sucks, but you're, you're probably pretty lucky. Yeah, it's um, going through these things is is a good thing in the end. I just hope it uh, it doesn't go under. Eventually, you know, you want it to succeed, and so. Um, you only fail when you run out of money. So try yeah. to build a moat, you know. Yeah. Well, and if you're if you're doing ways that you're not using money to do it, it's so hard when you're in it when things are going bad or things are not the where you want them to be. To remember, like, this is actually making me better. You yeah. Know, once I get through this, you know, ten years from now, I'm gonna look back and be like, oh, I'm glad I went through that. Yeah. Well, you're going through it. You're just like this. Sucks. <laughs> For sure. Well, That's I'm always how it is. Sick. You have the the micro focus instead mm-hmm. of the macro, I guess. Yeah. But. I'm I'm just so happy and grateful that I'm in a position to be able to work on my life goal. Yeah. You know, because, you know, work on the things that are going to make the most impact in your life. And this, for me, this could be something that is a, is a lifelong career that uh, it could fund other, um, you know, if you're selling tens, tens of millions of dollars a year, uh, hypothetically, yeah. it could fund uh, future generations. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but like you have big goals. You have big goals. I have big goals, and it's like I want to build a legacy. Like, look at Andrew Carnegie. Mm -hmm. Like, people remember him forever. Yeah. Until humans stop to exist, because he's got how many libraries did he fund? Yeah. Or you know, he might have been a brutal businessman or monopoly back then. I don't know. He spent the whole last half of his life giving giving away all his money. Yeah. So. You make billions of dollars, and you know I don't want to um, just sit on all that money and yeah. do nothing with it. You want to help people, so. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think it's important too to to have some of these goals I have. You know that I'm not telling people about. I might not ever get to, but I might. Yeah. You know, like I might get there, and if I don't have that goal, I, I'll never get there. Right. So I. It's good to have these big goals that maybe you don't tell everybody, you don't sure. share. But <laughs> you know, you know they're there. You know, like. I would do this if I had this money. And I wouldn't do it if I won the lotto. Like, people talk about, like, if I won the yeah. lotto, I'd do this. I'm not going to go play the lotto. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go work hard and try to, to make something yeah. uh, for myself, my family, and, you know, 
to change change our lives and change other people's. Lives. I think too, if you're if you're able to change other people's lives in that process, making other people's lives better. I think you know philosophers have been talking for thousands of years about what makes life worth living, what's good, and that seems like a pretty good way to live life. I yeah, I just started a book, an audio book, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Yeah. Have you read that one? Mm-hmm. I yeah. just started it, so I'm, I'm just in the in the camps yeah. still. But uh, just all the stuff that they went through, and it's amazing. And uh, I can't talk too much about it because I just started it. But, but I read it a while ago too. Um, but I, that was a, before I dropped out of college. The uh, like third time I was a philosophy major. Okay. And it's like man's search for meaning is what it's all we've really been doing forever. Yeah. If you can find your own meaning, you know it's a uh, it's a good way to live. Absolutely. Sounds like you got it too, or you're really, you're, you're getting there if, if you're not already there. Yeah, I'm definitely trying to. So I'm jealous is what I'm saying. I appreciate that, man. Uh, let's cap it. Okay. Would you believe that's at two hours already? Wow. And um, so, uh, tell me the future. What's going on with you? The next steps, the next couple of weeks. Anything so planned? Just uh, we're continue with the floats, get this fourth tank up and running, get this sauna that we have, full spectrum infrared sauna, has Netflix in it if you want to watch it, awesome. um, up and running. Uh, and really, you know, that the sale that we have, um, I think we're really going to change our prices to that, that lower price point and really try to get this to help as many people as possible. Yeah. Um, it's important to us. Very good. And everybody, again, you can use that... Uh, Discount code Eric S thirty five to get forty dollars off a sixty minute float. And you don't get paid for any of this. This is not. No, like a, no. This is just for fun because yeah. I know you and I and yeah. I like your business. Yeah. This is uh, not for profit uh, at the moment. Yeah. Well, and I'll I'll help you sell anything you want, man. I, it's uh, I love what you're doing. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's awesome. I'm just trying to connect with cool people and get it out there and get better at speaking a little bit <laughs> so uh where well, can people find you online um so our our website is yourfloats.com um y-o-u-r-f-l-o-a-t-s but facebook is where we uh, do a lot of our marketing and we're pretty we don't take ourselves real seriously um our last like little ad we're running right now is i'm training my two-year-old son okay. on how to do be a float tank runner operator and he's uh, he's pretty cute <laughs> it, it can be pretty funny yeah, so Facebook, just look up uh, the Float Institute and then yourfloats.com. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on here, and I wish you the best. Yeah, it's my pleasure, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely.